Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with Dr. Fuck and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley, better known as Wadzilla. So enjoy another awesome, incredible episode of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Bam, 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 diddly dee. Hey, Schmackamagop, it's me. I am not the new Billy Squire song. And with me is... Not the new Kajagoogoo song. All right. How you doing there, Ian? <laughs> Not too bad, Ralph. There's a new Billy Squire song. Oh, my God, dude. It is horrible. No. Oh, it's so bad. How it's, bad is it? Dude, it's so bad that Sammy Hagar wished he wrote it. Ooh. Ooh. Really? It's that bad? Dude, it's really fucked up. Guy still can sing, still got a good voice, but that song is so shit. I was shocked. I was like, whoa, this guy hasn't released anything in decades and this is what he releases? What the fuck, man? It is so fucking bad. Well, uh, since I, I haven't heard it yet, can you, is it just a bad song or is it like, is he trying to be modern and it's not working? I mean, does it have a classic Billy sound, but not a good song, or what? Yeah, I guess so. It's not modern, that's for sure. Okay. Yeah, it's like a rock song, but it's really bad. If you want to take a break and listen to it, I don't even think you'll like it. There's just no way. Wow. Yeah, I, I'm, te- I'm tempted now. I'm tempted, like... Go listen to it. Go listen to it. All right. I'll, I will be back. All right, I just heard it. <laughs> it took a six-minute break. It's a six-minute song. Damn. Uh, yeah. A uh, couple things I will say about it. Uh, first, uh, it's about two minutes too long. Uh, next thing, where's the guitar solo? I, I wanted to hear a, a good guitar solo on the song. Uh, and then there was like... A, it was like a keyboard, uh, like Aerosmith horn section that I did not like. Other than that, I dug it. <laughs> I I loved hearing his voice again. I've always loved Billy Squire's voice. I I thought it had some elements of, of some classic Billy Squire in it. Um, not a perfect track, but definitely didn't hate it as much as you. I I think uh, it's kind of like how. I thought the Great American Campfire by Ted Nugent was one of the worst things I've ever heard. I think the, the, this to you sounds like American Campfire sounded like to me. Well, I thought American uh, Campfire was stupid, but I still liked it. Yeah, well, that, well, that's kind of how I am about this. I mean, I want it to be better. I kind of think it's uh, yeah, it's kind of cool what he's talking about. And usually I hate, hate songs that are like a man talking about the plight of a woman. Uh, like, I hate when Eddie Vedder fucking does it. But, you know, Alice Cooper's wrote a couple of really good ballads that are, like, pro-women and sympathetic to women. You know, Only Women Bleed and Take It Like a Woman. I think are great songs that kind of, you know, take up a woman's cause. I think that's what this is. I think it's kind of like a response to, you know, what's going on with abortions and stuff in this country. Uh, kind of weird, like Billy Squires and somebody you think would <laughs> be the one waving that flag. Uh 
but man, I just thought he sounded good. Uh, you know, vocally. Yeah, he sounds fine vocally. There's nothing problem. There's nothing problem. I'm yeah. Pretty surprised. I thought the subject matter of that song was about sucking cock. Ah, well, you know, could be, I could be reading too much into this. Yeah, you're. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, no, I mean, it's not the best thing I ever heard. But uh, I definitely, the the way you were describing it to me, I expected a lot worse. Well, you know what, dude? I don't like anything after emotion or motion anyway. So everything he did yeah. after that album, it was all been downhill to me. Oh, yeah, see, I, I like some of the stuff after that. Yeah, I, so. I, I'm, I'm old school Billy Squire. I saw Billy Squire, dude, on Don't Say No Tour. I'm old right. school. And I saw him headline on the 83 tour where Rat completely crushed him. But he was still right. good at the time. Well, right. this does this does give me hope that maybe he might tour. I would love, I've never seen Billy Squire. I would love to see that. Uh, I already saw him. I think he'd be better off staying home, cashing in those checks from Rockstar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, more power to him. Yeah, I, I, more I really, I, I expected to hate it. You know, I didn't love it, but I liked it. So there you go. Fresh, fresh opinions on Billy Squire. I did notice on the YouTube video the comments are turned off though. <laughs> well, I, never if see if you see the the comments on you know on Facebook and all shit. Nobody likes it. Nobody. Everybody's like, what the fuck? Wait, that thing? What is this? A demo? You know, everybody was, you know, except for, you know, Mark Allen Taylor. You know. But yeah, and then again, Mark Allen Taylor always agrees with you, so there you go. Oh, God. Mark Allen Taylor. And then Mark oh. Daly. That's another Mark Daly. <laughs> okay. Oh, God. I mean, if they like something, you know it sucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's not a ringing endorsement that that's the company I'm in that likes the song. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, seriously, I'm not lying. I've not seen anybody defend this song except yeah. he's the only one. Everybody else, like every, you know, there's like diehard Billy Squire fans leaving like, God, this breaks my heart. I love Billy. What the fuck? You know? Yeah. People were throwing out the woke thing, and I'm like, I don't give a fuck about what he's thinking. Yeah. Well, see, the, the, uh, and that—that's the thing I was gonna say too. I'm, I'm wondering if, you know, a large portion of his audience has a problem with the subject matter, uh, which well, no, you know, no, large portion portion is really slamming the song. I saw like maybe one or two comments about the woke thing. But everybody yeah. else was like, man, this is terrible. This is a horrible song. And yeah, everybody's saying he still sounds good, but the song is fucking shit. And I was the yeah. first one to leave a comment like that going, I waited dec waiting decades for this crap? And then I got, like, <laughs> all these comments were negative, but I heard it early. You know, uh, as far as I know, he play it was debuted on Eddie Trunk. And of course, Eddie Trunk, Mr. I tell it as it is, was probably I didn't hear it, but he was probably lathering it out to police fire. Well, this is really great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely room for an improvement. I'd like to see. You know, it, is this a new album or is this just a single we put out? I don't know. I don't know, but if that's any uh. sign, you can stay away. Oh. Well, speaking of something, I, I think everybody's going to stay away from. Uh, you know, you mentioned Mark Alvin Taylor liked it. 
Did you hear? Did you see the latest about his new podcast? Oh, Mark Allen Taylor. Yeah. No. So apparently, uh, he's getting sick and tired of people like us, you know, constantly making fun of Freeform and all this shit. So now he's rebranding it and and with new uh, new co-hosts. I guess he he got rid of. Chuck Charles Manson uh, trainer uh, and he's basically getting like everybody that like listened to our show that started a podcast you know it's it's like a like an all-star uh, and it, it's called slow children at play <laughs> I, I like the logo it's the classic slow children at play uh, you know sign and everything but uh, yeah he's coming for us he's coming for us he's He's tired of us making fun of that show that nobody listens to. Wow. I'm going to laugh. It, uh, who, who the hell from our listening group is all uh, that hasn't been on the show yet would do it? Who do you think? I can't think of anybody. I, I can think of one. I can think of one. I, I can think of the ace in his hole. <laughs> uh, and he's a real ace hole. But... Uh, <laughs> No, I, I tell you, Mark announced on, on Facebook today that he is going to march into Rock and Pod with a Bluetooth speaker blaring. There's only one way to rock, yeah. and uh, all, all I can think of is security. Yeah, security. Does he have any idea how loud it is in that room? It's going to get drowned out. Yeah, yeah. No going to hear it. He's, go ahead, do it. You know? Yeah. You know, you know, the whole thing with Mark, and I know he'll deny it, but he really is bothered by, it, like, the savvy hate, and he always has to do, say something like that. Like a con, you know. Like, you know, he knows that Chuck Charles, like, Oasis and the Ghost and all that. So he's always bashing him for it. You know, what I've heard is he's not provoking him. All he says is how he feels about Sam or bothers Mark so much. It's kind of like, you know, I don't like Sammy. Oh, yeah, well, I don't like go. Who gives a fuck? You like Sammy, you know? Who cares? I, I will say this. Remember a long time ago, uh, Mark got upset that we talked about, uh, you know, I specifically encouraged our listeners yeah. to physically assault Sammy Hagar fans. Yeah, that was... Uh, you know, and, and he took it as the gospel. Like, this is going to be a mass thing, you know, you're going to see on the TV. Well, I, I, I resend that order. Uh, you know, don't don't physically beat up Sammy Hagar fans because, you know, you, you should never hit women. Um, but uh, I encourage this. If you see Mark Allen Taylor at Rockin' Pot, walk up to him, whip out your penis, and just start pissing on him. <laughs> Just start pissing all all down his leg, all on his shoe. Every time you got, you know, go and go get another beer so you got plenty. Just walk up to him. Wait till he's in an interview. You know, wait, wait, because you know his his uh, podcast is going to be there. You know, you know, wait till he's doing an interview. Walk up and just just piss on a hot mic. You know, piss on just piss piss all over Mark Allen Taylor. I think a better thing to do is like, all right, this is what we encourage everybody to do. The second that you hear that Sammy Hagar song, piss on his Bluetooth. 
and if you see Mark, I, I don't know who Mark has. Uh, uh, if if he's interviewing any guests at Rock and Pop, walk up to his table, whoever he's interviewing, and just scream, "Sammy Hagar sucks." <laughs> you know, like in the middle of interview, you just walk. I don't care if he's interviewing Sammy Hagar. Fuck, especially if he's interviewing Sammy Hagar. Sammy Hagar sucks, and then just just piss all over. Yeah, I demand. I demand our table be next to his. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We'll put up a splash guard. That way, we get more interviews. <laughs> if, if, if he if he's in the middle of an interview, just whip it out. Piss all over his pearly greens. You know. <laughs> it's on that Bluetooth. <laughs> yeah, just wash out that noise. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm kidding. I, I say this now. He's probably gonna show up in a raincoat. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> or maybe I'm not. Who knows? Who knows? Anything could happen at Rock and Pod. Uh, I, I wish more people were going this year. You heard the show start off with it. Uh, I know we, we definitely have some listeners and some friends of the show that are going this year. Uh, I wish more are going because this is the biggest one yet. Uh, we are at the biggest venue. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, as we're recording this, we're just a little over a week from being in Nashville. And I can't wait to see the people who are going to be there. We are going to have so much goddamn fun. And... I just got uh, the list of who we're interviewing this year. And this is kind of light, you know, and this is something, Ralph, you wanted. You said, I want to interview less and enjoy the, the the event more. Because usually, like last year, we didn't get to see Jack shit. I never even made it into the main room because we were split up last year. But this year, we will be interviewing... Uh, some circles, he's a guitar legend. I mean, I guess if you know, you know, but Mark Ferrari, uh, first time interview for us. Uh, Mitch Perry. Now, uh, Mitch Perry was somebody that you wanted to uh, to interview. And I, I gotta admit, I didn't know him by name, but it turns out he played with, uh, with uh, uh, Hughes Thrall. He played with the Macaulay Shanker group. Uh, where else do you know Mitch Perry from? Um, uh, like, you know, just some solo shit. He's great. Okay. Well, I think we're going to see him play live as well, I believe. Yeah, he's playing, he's playing with Steeler. He's the guy that replaced Ingbae and Steeler. Right, right. No, but I, I think he's also, he's going to be at Keel Fest, and he's also going to be at, uh, I believe, the Rare Hair event on Friday. And for those of you going, I will be, uh, and most likely Ralph's going to be at all the same ones too, but uh, I'm going to be at the Rare Hair the Keel Fest, uh, the Kiss video, the the comic show. I'm going to be there for all that. So, you know, for, for our listeners going. And like I said, Ralph's going to be at almost all those, if not all of them, too. Uh, you know, so another chance to hang out with us and buy us drinks. So get your tickets to those. You can buy those ahead of time. Go on the Rock and Pop Facebook page, and there's links. And that's the great thing to do is if you go ahead and do it now, buy your tickets you don't have to worry about if you pissed your money away on something else at Rock and Pop. You know, at least you, you got your tickets to get into these events. Um, and, and they're all reasonably priced, very reasonably priced. Um, so that's going to be awesome. We're also interviewing uh, Brett Carlisle, the new lead singer of Great White. 
uh, I'm excited to talk to. I'm a big fan of his, uh, of what he's doing. I think he sounds great. Sounds like, you know, Jack Russell to me. You know, Ralph can't wait to tell him, you know, hey, play shit from the first album, that's it. Yeah. So that'll be a fun interview. That way you can um, satisfy me and four other people. <laughs> that's right. A uh, big land for us. Somebody Ralph and I are both very excited to. Eddie Fingers Ojea from Twisted Sister we're going to be talking to. That's going to be a fun one. I hope he has a good sense of humor because I got some kind of, you know, Wadzilla-esque questions to ask him. I, I hope that goes well. Sometimes it goes great with our guests. Sometimes it goes right over their head. It's probably going to go bad, but do it anyway, buddy. Yeah, fuck it. You know, we're, I, don't we're, think he, I don't think he's got like a sense of humor, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. But the good thing is, uh, you know, I, I think he uh, he looks a little Hispanic to me. You know, so maybe if he freaks out, you can talk to him in native tongue and calm him down. Yeah, you know? yeah. You know, because he might have that hot Latino temper. You yeah, know, and, you want. and you you could be like, you know, and he'd be like, all right, cool, 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 cool. Yeah. So you know, that'll be good. And we are talking to the lovely and talented Courtney Cronendold, who has been, you know, we've known her since the first Rock and Pod. She is one of the biggest supporters um, of Rock and Metal Combat podcast. And she's the reason, you know, we've interviewed Don Jameson and stuff. She even came up, she brought Don to our table at the last Rocket Pod and said, you know, these are the guys to talk to, you know, stuff. She's always been so supportive of us. So it's it's nice, you know, we've hung out with her, but we'll get to interview her, River a little bit. It's going to be a good time. But that's nice, though, because we just have these five interviews as of now, and that gives us more time to to hang out at Rock and Pod, to hang out with you guys. It's really, you know, it, it's it's a mixed blessing. Now, there's a couple that we didn't get. You know, of course, you submit. They have a list of everybody, you know, that you would want to. And, and you know, there's so many podcasts, you know, they have to split them up evenly. I understand that. Two that I really wanted that we didn't get was Jason McMaster from Dangerous Toys, but I will hunt that fucker down and get my Dangerous Toys CD signed. Because he's going to be there. Um, and I wanted to interdo, inter, uh, interview the trans guitar player from Vane. Now, the Jason McMaster, I see as kind of like a, a, a hot ticket. You know, especially since he's been in the news a lot more lately, filling in with Accept, filling in with Armored Saint. I can see a lot of people, you know, reaching out to him. I was really surprised we didn't get the guitar player from Vane, but I have a feeling that that was a conscious choice because if there's anybody that would offend a member of the transgender community, it would be us. Yeah. Uh, particularly me, who is probably the greatest supporter of the transgender community, but I don't mean you're immune from my sense of humor and, and what I feel is funny. Uh, you know, I, I have uh, tons and tons of gay friends, and uh, even some of them I offend. And some totally get it, and sometimes even, you know, people who are personal friends go, Hey, that's a little fucking rude. I'm like, ah, go fuck yourself. You got a dick on your breath. Come on. Get the fuck out of here. You know, you know, you know, here's a fun fact. I have no gay friends, and the reason I have no gay friends is because I hate gay people. <laughs> 
Yeah, huh. I don't know. It's funny how shit works out. Yeah. 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 But uh, yeah, we did we did land that one, and it's a bitch because I legitimately uh, not only am I, I cool with that community, but I actually really like Bane, and they're a band that I've really got into over the last couple of years. So I had a lot of besides jokes, I had a lot of interesting questions I wanted to ask her or it or whatever the pronoun is. But unfortunately, we didn't get that one. But uh, again, I think everything's going to work out for the best. We got five guests, five interesting people to talk about. And again, leaves us more time to fuck with Mark Allen Taylor while he interviews people, to urinate on his Bluetooth speaker, on his face, uh, you know, uh, and, and hang out with you guys and talk to him. And I think that's going to be fun because, you know, Raffle will test of this so many times. We get caught up in so many of these interviews that we miss out on so much. So this year, it leaves us an opportunity to do a whole lot more. So very excited. And any of you people, you know, if, if, if it's a last minute thing and you're on the fence, man, try to make it there. Because, I mean, tickets to this event, 25 bucks to get into Rocket Pop. I mean, come on. Come on. You know, and, you know, again, if, you know, hotel's an issue. Talk to other people on the Facebook page. Hey, are you going? Yeah, I'm going too. Let's split a room, you know? And you don't have to stay at the hotel right next to the event because it is, I will admit it, it's a pricey hotel. Ralph and I are not even staying there. We're staying at a hotel adjacent. So. But it made more sense financially. So, you know, reach out because these weekends, again, you ask anybody who went, you have the best time hanging out with us, pissing on Mark Allen Taylor. And and that's a first because you know how many years it took of Mark Allen Taylor selling food stamps for cash to afford to go to a rocket pot. He's finally done it. Come yeah. on. You, you, no, know he ain't gonna, you, you know he ain't going to be able to afford to go next year. Yeah, and also, uh, let's say you are looking for a room. Dude, Mark's going to sleep on the floor. You get to sleep on Mark's bed. I'll see to that. Exactly. I yeah. heard his wife is, is paying people to come crash the room. If his wife Mark, is, and she's going to have to sleep on the floor with him. I'd say he got about no. like eight people to sleep on Mark's bed that night. <laughs> and and wet the wife, bed. his wife could sleep on the floor. <laughs> wet the bed and leave. So get, get your ass to Nashville. Mark's got a room for you. <laughs> and and just you know because we wanted to add uh you know like a little extra excitement ralph and i chipped in and we bought a ticket for mark's former guest host lee gertzman to come back this year because <laughs> we we want to see that fight in public oh. i just i can't wait till mark's interview and lee walks up hello mark and just whip it out and start pissing all over his face, man. I mean, it's it's gonna be fantastic. He'll be there. He'll be there, like Marky, 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 bitch. <laughs> yeah. Jody, grind my balls, Mark. <laughs> uh, it's it's gonna be fantastic. I can't wait. Everybody, make your way to fucking Nashville. I know we got a couple listeners on the fence. Get off the fucking fence and get there. But 
if you can't, I got a better way for you to spend your fucking money. And that's buying some motherfucking Rock and Metal Combat Podcast t-shirts. Yeah. They have been up for, what, three three weeks now? Three or four. We have sold nine fucking shirts out of the thousands of listeners that we have. The thousands of listeners that we have. Uh, you know, and I know I said this in the past, Ralph, you called it. This is the biggest... Oh, yeah, get some merch. I'll buy it. Well, we got some. And nine of you motherfuckers, and we appreciate those nine. God damn it. I appreciate you. But we got all kinds of different colors. And, you know, we could have more shit coming in the future. But it's like if these T-shirts are a bust, I'm not going to go through this shit again to get all this other stuff. And you don't buy that. So I have got great feedback. Uh, from the people who have bought them, so, uh, Charlie Hill sent me a picture uh, of him wearing it. God damn it, I'm having a brain fart. I've been drinking for a while now. Uh, somebody else sent me a. Uh, they got one like in a in a cool different color, like in a mint green. We got all kinds of different shit, and uh, he liked it as well. So I'm glad about that because I was worried about because Ralph and I used to be on that metal station years ago, and those shirts were shit. They were terrible. Everything was like pixelated and looked like shit. There was a lot of complaints. Uh, I, I think they came pre-cum stained. Uh, <laughs> you know. That wasn't but, supposed to happen. It wasn't supposed to happen like this. <laughs> Whatever happened to him? Is he still alive? I don't know, man. I gotta look into I haven't heard from Scott Green in a long time. I know. I know. I, and I, I love Scott. We had our differences, but it's all water under the bridge. I still consider him a friend, uh, but yeah, nobody's heard nothing. Last I saw, he dyed his hair purple and, you know, had a pacifier in his mouth and he was dancing with glow sticks. He was into techno. You know, uh, it's fucked up. What was it that you played? Elvis Costello or some bullshit that got you kicked uh, <laughs> Joe Jackson was my guy. Right. Kicked you off. played Joe Jackson and you got kicked off. Now you got Mark Allen Taylor and Bushy playing Debbie Gibson and Millie Vanilli and all that shit. Think that right. I mean, I... Well, uh, Hey, I saw this shit coming. I jumped ship. <laughs> with Bushy shot. Oh, I don't want to be associated with this shit. I love look, I love Bushy, but remember the motto, dude. Remember the motto. Only cool kids hate on Sammy anyway. Right? So, right. Bushy is not cool. I love him, but he's, he's definitely not cool. Bushy's chilling. Chili ain't cool. He's not even uh, cool, bro. That guy doesn't know the meaning of staying frosty. <laughs> uh, he, he thinks by stay frosty uh, means blonde highlights. Yeah. Bald ass hair. Um, but no, but I mean, in all fairness, Scott doesn't even own that metal station anymore. He sold it to Metal Mike. Uh, you know, and I do consider myself Christ on a cross, you know. You know, I, you and me were the most popular DJs on there. You know, and I got shit canned, and now all these other guys can play whatever. So you know, I, I died for Bushy Sims. Remember the the there were DJs that hated us because we were do you know we do our show with a bunch of people in the chat room, and they do it, and they have like three or four people, and they oh, yeah. hated us. And even after you left, there was a lot of hate toward me, not from Metal Mike or, yeah. or all these people. They were cool, but there was these Johnny Come Lately DJs. Dude, yeah. they would bash me, and I was like, 
I would find out. Alright, let's see who's, who the fuck's bashing me so I can stop playing their goddamn commercial on my show. Right. Because what right. I do, what I would do before I start my show, I'd put a video on my YouTube page with 30,000 people going, hey, I'm on the radio now. And then it was swamped every week oh, yeah. at the ratings. Or ones that I did, I think, on Thursdays. It went yeah. all the way up, and then the rest of the week was down. And then me, they hated me for that. Yeah, and, and that's one thing that both of us did. We did air the commercials for all these other shows. We promoted other DJs, but I, I think we just offered, you know, more than everybody else. Not only uh, with our shows, but our personality. I mean, that shit goes along. I mean, not to toot my own horn, but I mean, we were good at it. You know, you know, you got to do more than it's more than just playing the right music it's you know having the right interaction with people uh you, you know you've got to give people more of a read especially nowadays more than ever because anybody can go on youtube and listen to whatever you have to have personality you have to entertain people uh you have to give them something besides the music to listen to and we did that you know and i went on to uh, successful at you know sound Fourier and cranium or whatever all the different names they went through you know I had a great show there, um, you know, it, but it just, you know, between that and this, it does get to be a lot, and, uh, but now we were good at it, man, ain't no shame in that, we were damn good at it. Yeah, but, uh, left, right, and time. Yeah, does Bushy still do it? I don't know. No. But I know he played Debbie Gibson and Millie Vanilli and shit like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. like that metal station, you know? <laughs> yeah. Fuck, I don't want to be part of this shit. Yeah. <laughs> huh? No, I hear you. But, uh, oh, more great news. I shouldn't say more great news because I just said how shitty our t-shirt sales are. Now for great news uh, is our last episode. Our last episode, which was a fan episode, by the way, uh, The Overkill, Years of Decay, Best first week numbers we've had in five to six years. Wow. Yes. It blew the fuck up. Uh, now, there could be different reasons for that. I mean, one, it could be that just falls more into what our listeners want to hear than a lot of these fan episodes have. Also, I did share this one uh, a little bit more than I normally share. Because I used to share, when we first started, oh my god, like 50 Facebook groups I would share this shit to. Then after a while, I just got tired of it because I didn't see that big a difference. So I just did like six major ones, you know. But uh, this last episode, I shared not only in like the usual six, but I shared in like four different uh, overkill-specific face uh, group pages. But I, I mean, just the numbers were through the roof for this for this episode already. I mean, just just in the first week, you know. And I'm like, wow, where you know where the fuck did this come from? And I, of course, I don't know exactly. You know, was it just that I shared it in those overkill groups? Uh, I don't necessarily think so because as much as we love overkill, overkill is still minor compared to a lot of the other bands that we talked about, you know, and it could be it's just, we were that excited about that episode, and I did love, that was one of the best episodes I think we've done in a long time, 
just as far as like the fun factor and how excited I was. And I just remember it being a really good one. Uh, but very happy about that. I know you, you said last episode, fuck the new fans. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if we gained a bunch of new fans or we just had some old fans who were like, okay, an album I give a fuck about. I'm going to check this show out again. Whatever reason, seriously. Uh, you know, and, and our peak as far as like numbers was about five to six years ago. Our, you know, peak, is, our peak is going to be so huge when we're done with these fan episodes. I'll tell you why. We should not do reviews every episode. Fucking bullshit about the news. We don't have to do a fucking album review every fucking time. And plus, everybody does album reviews now. Right. All our little, you know, people that follow us say, oh, dude. So we should just do a news segment or just talk about a certain band. Let's mix it up and throw in a review here and there. You know what I mean? You know, shit. I, I, listen, I listened to this other show and it gave me a great idea for what we could do. This guy basically does like five albums and then he just does, hey, this is the, the 42nd anniversary of this. You know, we, we can do the anniversary of our old episodes and probably do just as good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we could, you know, I mean, it doesn't have to be like, we could do like, oh, let's talk about, you know, this band. And then we'll just talk about the band. We don't have to focus on every song on, on an album. It gets yeah. tedious, man. Especially, I mean, dude, I do this shit for a living on YouTube, bro. I had to, I had to right. do Captain Beefheart the other day. That shit was, <laughs> it was fucking torture. And I don't want to fucking just do these goddamn fucking album reviews. Even albums I love, it's like, dude, I do that on my YouTube enough. Let's just talk about the news in a certain band here and there. Or just yeah. like news episodes. Dude, it'll rule. It'll rule. Oh. Oh, no, I, I agree. You know, we have a lot of listeners who have been vocal about their favorite part of this show is the news and just us bullshit. Yeah. So, but that's that's the luxury you get when you get people who latch on to our personalities. And again, I think that's what makes these podcasts and these shows, and I, I think... A lot of people don't understand who start their own podcast because anybody can do it now. But it, it's not enough to just talk about this shit because you know anybody can go on Wikipedia and find out this and that. You have to have a personality. You have to have something that entertains the people and gives them a reason to, you know, versus just going on Wikipedia or just listening to the album on YouTube. You know. You have to offer something extra, and that's what we do so well, if I do say so myself. Uh, so yeah, I think you're absolutely right. It's limitless what we could do with this show and still entertain our audience. And when we get to that point, yeah, I think you're going to see us start doing a lot of different shit. Like, I remember early on, like, we did the one just talking about Over the Edge, and it was a great fucking episode. We can do more shit like that. We can do whatever, you know, and, and we made that smart decision. Uh, you know, even with our name, that doesn't limit us to just, you know, oh, we can only talk about this band or that band or that genre. We left it open and blanket till we can do whatever we want. And once we're done with these, yeah, the, the, the cuffs are off and you will see us expanding a lot of different shit because that's what's going to keep it 
fresh and exciting for you and me. Like right now, we're just like, oh God, I hope I don't hate this next episode, you know, or, you know, this next one. And, you know, I was even thinking, because originally we weren't going to do this episode. We were going to do another one with Mr. T from Germany that's coming up. And it's not so much that I hate the album that we're going to be reviewing, uh, but it's just like, oh, oh, I just want to build on that momentum that we got from this last episode. And I knew if it was going to be that other one, it's just like we'd be pissing it away because there would be such a, a, a turnoff to probably the majority of our audience. They'd be like, hey, yeah, I'll skip this week. And I think that's what happens sometimes. Yeah, a lot of people can skip this week, this show. Yeah, there, there, there might be, even though this is one I particularly like, but I could see where, you know, it's like, oh, I want to capitalize on that momentum, you know? Because, uh, you know, again, I know, like you said, you know, fuck the new fans, I just want to do this. But there is something rewarding that I get when I see, like, we did something and it does very well. I know, okay, this is registering with people. This is what people want to hear, you, you know? We, we do this for a reason. I mean, I, at least I want to hear, I want people to hear it. I know why this. people, I know why people want to hear it. It's the right. news. Right. So people want to hear that. So we're going to focus on news episodes and we'll talk about, all right, let's talk about a band here and there, but every week's not going to be that, man. We're going to do, honestly, after all these episodes that we're done, I know these aren't going to do well. All right, Overkill was a fluke. Yeah. All these episodes, I know all the shit we're doing. I see all these albums. None of them are, you know, <laughs> yeah. enough to people give a fuck. You know, that's why I'm your listeners <laughs> and, not, and, not, and not podcasters. <laughs> Nobody will listen to your show. So we'll do it. <laughs> fuck it. And I love you all for donating, but it is the truth. I don't mean yeah. to offend you with the truth. But the truth <laughs> of the matter is, is that when we hand the reins to you listeners to, to uh, dictate how the show's gonna be, it's gonna suck. You know? <laughs> There'll be, sometimes it won't, but, and I love you all for doing it. I'm not bashing you. I'm If I'm bashing you, then I'm bashing you with the truth. Our, yeah. our shows suffer because of these fucking albums you all want, but whatever. You paid, I appreciate it, we're gonna do it. And I don't even give a fuck if the show suffers, is the truth. I just want to get it over with. So when this is all over with and we do our own show, we're really going to guys then. You're going to see a big rise in listeners. Oh, yeah. It's going to be awesome. We're going to actually fucking have the Rock and Metal Combat uh, or Pod Fluid run by Ralph and Ian, you know? So <laughs> yeah. That order, Ralph and Ian. And we're going <laughs> to fucking do shit our way. And it's going to be fucking awesome because we've been doing shit other people's way for fucking years now. And I'm tired of it. And now we're down to like the last step. But every time we're down to 10, another one pops up here and there. It's fucking endless, you know? But this is, I believe, 10. Number 10. So in the end, it's cool. I love it. Y'all pay for our Nashville trips. I ain't complaining doing your shows. I'm not. I'm really, I'm burnt out on this shit, but I'm not complaining. I appreciate what you're doing, and we're going through with it. But honestly, once we're done with these shows, our shows are going to rule because there won't be no distraction when people look at our podcast and see 
reviewing Galactic Cowboys. You know, <laughs> nobody's going to want to listen to that, you know? But if you do like Galactic Cowboys, come to Rocket Pod because one of them will be there. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna punch that guy in the face. You point him. <laughs> like I know what he fucking looks like. <laughs> fucking idiot. That guy sucks. Anyway, uh, Chris is, Chris Sinzak actually wrote me and started dying laughing. He goes, you know one of the Galactic Cowboys is gonna be a rocking bottom. I'm like, great. Great. Yeah. That'll that'll put that'll put asses in the seats. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, shit. Well, fuck it, you know. We might as well give the fans what they really want, and that's the fucking news. Yeah. All right. Well, Dave Mustaine says he loves having James Lomenzo back in Megadeth after that weird shit that happened with Dave Ellison. Well, I mean, why not love it? You know, you're obviously going to get more money because James Lomenzo's getting a pay cut. Yeah. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head exactly what I was going to say. That's what he really loves. That's more money in his pocket. Because now, you know, it's not like when Elfson came back, he was getting 50-50. I mean, I doubt he ever was. But I guarantee you, Elfson made more than any other member. And, you know, I mean, what's Lomenzo going to do? I mean, yeah, he goes in and out of Black Label Society and, uh, you know, it doesn't look like that white line reunion's ever gonna happen. So of course he jumped on it. And yeah, he's a solid bass player. This isn't a knock against Lomenzo. But uh yeah, let, let's get down to brass text. That was all a money fucking issue. Uh and did you see the did you see the reunion with Marty Friedman at the, yeah, the yeah, Japanese I, show? Yeah, I saw some of it. And then I saw Marty Friedman a couple days after that. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. I, I saw your review on uh, on YouTube of the show. Seems like you had a really good time. Yeah, man. He stole the show. His band was awesome. Yeah. I was excited about uh, your review of the Queensryche show, too. Sound like that was a damn good Queensryche show. Yeah, they threw out real... They threw out Child of Fire and Forts. They played Roads to Madness, my favorite Queensryche song. They ended the show with Roads to Madness. Right. played Deliverance. And then they played right. some choice cuts off their last album, and I was so happy they played Forrest, the, the ballad. I love that fucking ballad yeah. off the last album. Love it. And they played that. I, I can't remember how I, I felt about that one, but I remember uh, I really did enjoy that last Queensryche album. I liked it a lot. Yeah, they played, uh, they played the best songs off that album, Behind the Walls and uh, you know, yeah. other ones that were like standouts, you know? I, I haven't listened to it enough to, you know, get familiar with the titles. Um, but I remember, like, when they were releasing, as the album was slowly coming out, uh, there was one video that I was like, eh, I kind of like the song, but to me, it's it doesn't sound like Queensryche. It sounded like they were trying to do Maiden or something. But then when the album came out and I listened to it, I don't recall it bothering me. I just remember really enjoying the whole album. Um, so yeah, that's great news. But yeah, you were really taken with uh, Marty Freeman, but that was all instrumental shit. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, Trauma was really good too. The opening act. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that Cliff Burton came from. Right. 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 Yeah. No, it sounds like uh, it was a good show. 
But yeah. man, there's been a, there's been a lot of press, you know, about the the Marty Freeman appearance. Do you think that's going to lead to anything? Do you think you know next thing Kiko's going to be out, Marty's going to be back? I don't think so. I think Marty is done with the whole. I think he's doing pretty good in Japan with his own thing, and you know, I mean, he's he loves he loves Japan. He lives there. I think he he'd rather stay there and be or just travel with his Japanese buddies. And that drummer he has was very unique. Yeah. Really clammy looking, makeup all over, teeth hair, but he was entertaining. Well, I, I think it's going to be. I, I think this could go a couple of different ways because um, this new Megadeth album, uh, the good, the bad, the ugly, whatever the fuck it's called, uh, it's not getting the same reception that Dystopia got when it came out. Dystopia, man, people were talking about that album a lot and got a lot of press, a lot of traction. People really seemed to enjoy it. Uh, this new one came out. I don't think it's done as well. Uh, don't think the overall reception has been the same. And think about this, okay? He got rid of Ellison. That does free up some money. The whole thing with Marty Freeman not coming back, you know, what was that, like five or six years ago when, you know, there was talk of getting the classic Rust of Peace reunion uh, back together. The whole reason Marty didn't do it, he was very upfront about it, was money. He's, why would I take less money than what I'm getting doing my own thing to go back to this? But now that, okay, you know, I used to give, you know, Elvison five bucks a show. I give Lomenzo two bucks a show. You know, does he pony up and try to place bets that, oh, if I get Marty Freeman back, you know, the next album might sell more. I don't know. I guess it depends on what what Mustaine's willing to spend. But uh, Freeman's been pretty, you know, he seems to say he really enjoyed doing the show with him. Said he's not opposed to doing others under the right circumstances. So I think if Mustaine would pony up the money, he would come back. And I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's the right move or not because I really enjoy what Kiko does. But there is, there is the name recognition. You might put a couple extra asses in seats if Marty Freeman's your guitar player. For one tour. Yeah. Then after that, nobody cares. Yeah. Yeah. Well, George Lynch says he doubts classic dock and lineup will ever reunite again, saying that ship has left the harbor. And I, I think the the main thing there, I mean, they keep doing these package shows with with Lynch and Doc and, uh, you know, and George keeps coming out. They do the same three songs as the encore. Uh, I, I think the main thing there is, you know, Mick Brown's retired, and he says that Mick Brown even, oh, this kind of kind of broke my heart a little bit. He said Mick Brown even sold all his drums. You know, I'm like, oh, fuck. You know, <laughs> that's, that's pretty bad. Like, you're not even holding on to him for, you know, sentimental reasons. Just like, fuck it. I need the money. I gotta pay rent. I'm gonna sell these fucking drums. Uh... Yeah, that's sad. And then, of course, you know, you hear Don's vocals, so, you know, what else are you going to get out of that? You know, I, I think he's right. That ship has sailed. I think, you know, they're about 10, 15 years too late for being able to make an impact, you know. 
It would have been good if they could have done something, you know, like that, the fucking horrible Death Leopard Motley Crew, you know, like Dokken would have been a great opener instead of Poison. Uh, Rat would have been a great one, but people are only going to give a shit if you get, like, you know, the main people back. And uh, it is what it is. You know, George Lynch just keeps making all this money from Frontiers Records. I mean, he has like nine different bands. And it just seems like, yo, I'm going to take this advance and pay rent, <laughs> you know, and do an album with somebody I'll never, probably half the people he hasn't even met. It's probably all done during, you know, I'll email you this guitar solo, somebody pieces it together, and he just keeps getting these checks. You know? I'll tell you, man, some of that shit's awesome, though. That Dirty Shirley. Yeah, I liked it. Fucking amazing. I, I liked, liked the it. First, uh, the first uh, Sweet Lynch. There's a new one coming out. I didn't like Yeah, that. yeah, I was just going to say that, yeah. And yeah, I remember you saying thing. that. I, I heard him do this other thing that was really good, so he's doing some good shit with Frontier. Oh, yeah, but but I mean, it, it's one of those... Uh, it's hard to get that invested because it's something you'll probably never see live. You probably won't get another fucking album out of it. It's just, he's going to keep taking those checks. This guy from Frontiers, I know they're a, they're a European label, and I get the feeling that this is probably just some European guy that's got a shit ton of money and just loves 80s hard rock and will just piss away and give whatever, because you know they can't be making anything in return, you know? And I, I know Fr Frontiers Records has been involved with Rock and Pod. I, I, I don't want to bash them, but I'm just saying, you know, the reality... You know, all the, the, it reminds me of the 90s when a lot of hair metal bands and even some, you know, thrash bands went to CMC. They used to call it Cheesy Metal Cemetery. <laughs> but, you know, like, all these bands were signed up by this label. Like, Front, Frontiers is the new CMC. But, goddamn, George Lynch, I, I think, is on almost every album they put out. Yeah, and it's great. It's awesome. All right, no tour, no whatever. Hey, at least you got a good album out of it. I mean, that's not yeah. a bad thing, man. I yeah, I Dirty Shirley was like, all right, if nothing happens to this, it's still a damn good album and a fine listen, fun listening to it. I love that singer, whoever the fuck he is. Well, George yeah. is doing good, cool shit. He's doing some yeah. good and, you know, yeah, he can't invest, he can't do this, but you get a lot of cool George Lynch shit. You know, that's, yeah, the most important part. Yeah, I think the, the the dirty Shirley guy. I think is an Italian guy. I think he's only like twenty five years old or some shit. You know. Yeah. I know he's but, not. Uh, what's that? I know he's not French. Yeah, yeah, because it because it kicks ass. <laughs> French shit sucks. We'll get into that later in the review. Uh, man, one thing I watched, I was like, oh god, this is gonna be fucking terrible. But actually, wasn't that bad. I got to admit, uh, I saw footage of Lou Graham performing at this like old timers cruise, and man, it just made me—I don't know—I I had mixed feelings. I guess it's not, you know, I should be thankful, but it's kind of like, God damn, we're all fucking getting old, and you know, back when you and me were coming up, you know, th these bands that are doing like the the cruise circuit and the Vegas circuit, you know, when we were coming up, that's like what people like Dean Martin did, <laughs> you know, it was like the old timers circuit. Yeah. Well, and now, 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 now we're, we're their age. age. We're their age. Oh. It's, it's dude, rock, 
you know, everybody complains with Gene Simmons. Rock ain't dead. Rock is rock is dead. If you want to talk about mainstream popular shit, oh yeah, fucking dead. It's only appealing to us old fucks, and that's all. But you see, a lot of people oh, yeah. want to hang on to your youth and think that the world is unfair because you know Britney Spears is popular and and this and your favorite band isn't. It's that's the fucking circle of life, dude. The circle of life. We are now those people that would go see Dean Martin on a fucking. <laughs> you know, we yeah. are people now. We are their age. You know, all you people need to shut the fuck up. Just be happy. Always complaining well, about Backstreet Boys. Fuck. I don't even know these fucking popular artists. If it wasn't for all these people. Like, dude, I'm always seeing shit on Nickelback. I don't know shit about Nickelback. But I see so many people talking about them. I see uh, Taylor Swift. All these fucking people that are so off my radar. But these people. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Fuck Taylor Swift because I like my my band ain't popular. It's like you are a bitter old fuck. Just put a fucking <laughs> tattoo on your head that says "Get off my lawn." <laughs> but I, I'm looking at this uh, this cruise that he was on, and this is a uh, the Native American Heritage Association, which basically means this is a Native American Indian uh, Indian gambling boat. <laughs> yeah. But it's Roger Daltrey, Deep Purple, George Thorogood, Randy Bachman, Marshall Tucker Band, Lou Graham, Night Ranger, The Outlaws, Ozark Mountain, Daredevil, uh, 10 Years After, Gary Hoey, Zebra. After, didn't fucking watch his face die? Who's Alvin, that? Alvin Lee died, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, but but ten years after they got the band back together. <laughs> that's, that's that's like that's like hey hey you know who's gonna play a ship? Mahogany Rush, but not Frank Marie. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Hey, you, know get... playing, you know who's playing the Amboy Dukes, but not Ted Nugent. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's get the Alan Parsons project together, but without Alan Parsons. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but no, it, it's just you know it's kind of. Uh, you know, again, it, it blows my mind that I am just a few months away from turning 49, which I, I still, I do not, definitely not mature as most 49-year-olds, uh, you know, but I, I'm looking at this footage, and before I even click on the video, I'm just looking at the picture of Lou Graham, I was just like, God damn, does this look like... This motherfucker just crawled out of Lord of the Rings. Just like, don't look good. And then I looked at like 72 year old Lou Graham. And I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. You know, this we're going to see people in their 70s play rock and roll. Uh, but I watched some clips. He did not sound bad. I was like, holy shit. You know, fuck, you know, you know to sound that good at 72, and, and look how many of the bands that we like, you know, who are, you know, aren't 72 that, that can't hold a note anymore, you know. Uh, you know, I was happy for him, but it's just like, whew, enjoy these last couple years of rock and roll because it's almost over. <laughs> it is almost over. Foreigner, Foreigner is a really strange band to me because that band was huge during, you know, my era. Right. Which, 
And I own the first, I actually have the first four Foreigner albums. And for some reason, I really don't care for them. I mean, yeah, some songs are okay, but I saw on the Foreigner 4 tour and it was terrible. I think that's what really turned me off for them. But I, oh, yeah. I wasn't really a big fan of them back then. The only reason I went to go see the Foreigner 4 tour was because Ozzy was opening with Randy Rhodes and then Randy died. Right. Like, days before that show. And I went anyway because I had to go, and it was, it was like whatever, man. Well, I, I think you know, foreigners suffered the same thing as your beloved Ario Speedwagon. You know, I know how much you love that '70s. Yeah, but, I, but 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 that stuff I loved. I didn't ever love foreigner. I can't say right, right. I like but them, I of... hate them, but you know, but Dirty White Boy and all those songs. Yeah, I like them, but it's not something that. You know, it's a must-have, or I must see this live. I, I would not go see right. it live. But what I'm, what I'm saying though is, it's kind of the same thing. They were birthed during the, the '70s guitar rock era. I mean, goddamn, as much as I shit on Ario and you know make fun of him, I love writing the storm out. You know, to me, that's classic fucking rock. You know, but they turned into that. You know. I'm gonna keep on loving you, shit. Foreigner did the same thing with uh, "Woman Like You." They 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 hit a period where they abandoned the the hard rock for the ballad rock and turned into another band. You know, and there's people that like the earlier era. There's so many bands who have done that. You know, they started out one way and then they got a hit with something else, and that's what they turned into. I mean, fuck, look at Metallica. Metallica was a thrash band. You know, and then they got a hit with more mid-tempo rock, and then they turned into a mid-tempo rock band. You know, it's they, they they then they chase the buck. So I get it, but uh, <coughs> yeah, it is what it is. But man, I I need to get to a concert. I still have not broken my cherry here in Washington. I still need to see a show, and I, I need to see a show soon, man, because it's been a fucking minute. And I'm just going to concerts, and I want to go before my back starts hurting that shit. Well, <laughs> you'll be going to a few shows in Nashville. I'm going to see Cheap Trick. Yeah, yeah. For the Hard Rock, I'm looking forward to that. Rick Nielsen is back. Yeah. Good. And uh, and and you're going with the amazing uh, Charlie Hill and Daniela, who bought fucking T-shirts. I might add. Yeah. I got a nice picture of Charlie Hill looking mighty handsome. In his Rock and Metal Combat podcast T-shirt, and yeah, I, I see who bought the shirts, and I love you, motherfuckers. God damn it, twenty dollars fucking T-shirt, buy one. Anywho, and and uh, buddy Yai, you met Yai, got no. Yeah. I discussed cheap trick with him in 1978 before at Budokan. The whole long story I talked about. I, right. My friend made me join Columbia House. He picked some of the cassettes for me. One of them was in color. I saw the cover of the cassette. And to me, I thought it was going to sound like the Beach Boys. Yai, <laughs> my house. I go to Yai. Yeah, you know this tape. I'm going to record over this tape. And he's like, Yeah, let's hear it first. Put it on first. I go, All right. And we heard the opening riff of Hello There, and we both became Cheap Trick fanatics at that moment. This was before Abudicon, before they were famous. They were kind of like our special little band. Well, he's going with me to the Hard Rock as well. And possibly my mom. Wow. 
Yeah, because it's at the casino. I'm just going to drop my <laughs> <laughs> I go see the show. Then after the show, you know, I say, I call her up. All right, Mom, I'm done with the show. Let's go home, you know? Uh, shit. Your mom might be backstage. You don't know. Yeah, who knows? Uh, well, Tim Ripper Owens says he has grown to love GNR's music and Axl Rose's voice. And GNR just announced that uh, they're doing another huge 2003 tour. And, uh, it, oh, man, what a fucking nostalgia act. Where the fuck is new GNR music? And uh, it kind of surprises me on one hand because, you know, it used to be back in the day, he was so about new music. I remember that interview on MTV where he was talking about Use Your Illusions 1 and 2. He's like, I just want to bury Appetite. I just want to bury it. You know, I, I want to put out something that's, you know, people would be like, wow, what the fuck is this? You know? And now there's like nothing. And I think, I, I think it's fear that's keeping him from doing new music. I think his ego took such a bashing from, you know, the utter failure that was Chinese democracy. Uh, you know, that that now he's just like, he's happy to be a fucking nostalgia act. And it, and it blows my mind that these guys can keep doing big tours just like fucking Death Leopard and Motley Crue. And, you know, no new, well, Death Leopard's still dumb enough to keep putting out fucking albums that nobody gives a shit about. But, you know, it's like these bands just want to keep going on and touring but no new music and to me that's just that's the utter sign of I've just given up I don't care I can't write a, I can't write a good song anymore I don't give up but I'm gonna take their fucking money just the same yep you know? they're not gonna take my fucking money but the fact of the matter is it may be sad or whatever but that's what they are People will pay big money. They're playing the hard rock. I mean, those tickets ain't cheap. They're going to be yeah. someone 500 or up to go to that hard rock show. I wouldn't pay more than 100 bucks to see Guns N' Roses now, but I would go see them. I would definitely go see that now style, Jack, because I thought they were phenomenal when I saw them at the hard rock stadium a few years back. Yeah. I'll go for a decent price, but I'm not paying no more. No, no way over 100. I would pay to see Guns N' Roses. Yeah. But, I don't know. But people will. And at the end of the day, we can all bitch about, yeah, they don't want to do this, they don't want to do that. Well, the fact of the matter is, if they do it, it's not going to help ticket sales. I don't give a fuck how good the album is. They're still going to sell to the Welcome to the Jungle, Sweet Child of Mine, November Rain crowd. That's who goes see them. They outnumber the hardcore. You know, it's casual fans that fill Kiss concerts. There's a lot of people that go to Kiss concerts thinking it's Ace Frehley and Peter Chris. I'm True. telling you, many think that going to those shows. Not that they give a fuck if it's them or not, because they don't keep up with Kiss, but hey, let's go see Gene, Ace, Peter and Paul. Pe Casuals don't keep up with that. My, my niece is a great example. She wanted to go see it, not knowing that that was not Ace and Peter. I had to point that out to her. And she wanted to go to that shit. But that's not, you know, I, I listened to, oh my God, KISS podcast. And there was a big KISS podcast I was listening to. I can't remember which one it was. 
where the guy said he was sitting in the seat, you know, having a conversation with the guy next to him. And the guy next to him was like, check it out. I just met Ace Frehley. And he showed him a picture of him and Tommy Thayer. <laughs> that, that actually really happened. And I'm thinking, that's not a fucking, you know, isolated incident. Most people don't care of Guns N' Roses' new music. They just want to hear the classics. That who fills up. And then people like you and I that don't like what they're doing, we're not at those shows and those shows are sold out. What does that tell you? That tells that nostalgia pays and fuck integrity, fuck, you know, all this shit. What, what Axl Rose thought back then was a different world. Now we live right. in a world where it's like, no, 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 no. The casino's going to pay us millions. And then they set the, the ticket prices for this. We're going to get millions. You know, I know for a fact, I don't know, maybe even more now, but I know uh, in the beginning of the end of the road, each Kiss show, each one was a million dollars. You had to pay Kiss a million dollars wherever the fuck they played. A million dollars a show. You know what I'm saying? That's a fucking shitload of money with all these end of the road shows, you know? And that's enough of that. You know? That that that's what I love though is is you can judge these bands by the stupidity of their fans. Yeah, I, I, I don't think there's anybody that's going to a fucking Overkill show right now, you know, in, in 2023, and would meet the guitar player and go, "Oh, I just met Bobby Gustafson." You know, these people would know. Oh, that, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, but that's a whole different beast. No, 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 but you know what I mean? And, and I'm talking about bands that are still active, that are still writing music and putting out, yeah, you might not like the new album as much as you like that, but these are bands that still write fucking music. I mean, you know, look at Judas Priest. Got a new album coming out. Judas Priest didn't stop fucking making albums in the fucking 80s. They still put out new shit, and God damn it, look what they did with Firepower. Even, I hated Nostrad Dumbass. You know, but they still put out a fucking new album because they're fucking musicians. These are just lazy people rolling in the fucking money. And and I, to tell you the truth, I gotta get even dumbass Death Leopard credit. They put out a new horrible fucking album, but god damn it, at least they fucking tried. At least they fucking tried. You dude, know? dude, if you listen to that new album, you'll realize they didn't try. Well, you yeah. <laughs> No, no, granted, but you know what I mean? I, I'll, but I will give them a little bit of a nudge, you know, over these other bands that fucking don't, you know? And just these these dumb fucking fans. I'm talking to you, Chuck Trainer, who would pay to go see fucking, uh, you know, Guns N' Roses and Johnny Vogan. I, and I love both you guys, but Chuck, Jesus Christ. Chuck Charles would not pay to see Guns N' Roses. Oh, really? I thought he was a huge fucking... He is, but he's been very vocal about this tour going on. And he... Yeah, I speak with Chuck Charles on the phone, and yeah, he was telling me how this... Fuck this Guns N' Roses shit, I wouldn't pay... Oh, well, well, I got a little bit more respect for him, but then I lost it again, because he does a show with Mark Alvin Taylor. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, it's just a fucking joke, but one thing that I thought was funny, though is I've been seeing a lot of this lately, like people who uh, now claim they didn't like GNR back in the day. And I remember back when they were big, everybody liked GNR. I didn't know anybody who didn't like them. You know? No, I knew. Really? 
Yeah, everybody. I, had, maybe, I hated them. Maybe maybe it's the uh, maybe it's the age I was, you know, because I was a teenager, you know, when they came out. But goddamn, everybody liked them. But now I hear a lot of people like, eh, I don't like Guns N' Roses, and 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 now I'm just like, I don't give a fuck, you know. To me, Appetite still stands the test of time. I can still put that on from beginning to end, even the songs I'm burned out on, and like, that's a great fucking album. Great fucking album. You know, I'm put on Illusions 1 and 2, like, meh. You know? There's a few songs that stand out, but... Not oh, like- oh, yeah, oh yeah. don't get me wrong, but but not double album worth. That's for oh. fuck. Oh, fuck. You know? I think it's an EP's worth. <laughs> yeah, you're right. But, uh, but yeah, but, but there are, there are plenty of suckers that go see it and, uh, you, you, you deserve what you get. All right. Uh, Jeff Scott Soto stands by claims that Ingve Malmsteen threatened to cancel concert if he was in attendance. Man, I was, I, I have inside information on that one. Really? Well, I'm not surprising knowing your connections, but, uh, do tell, motherfucker. Well... I don't quite remember him, uh, the story where Mom Steve said he was going to cancel the show. That part I don't remember. But as some of you know, I know I'm friends with some of the band members of Ingbe, and they told me the story. And some of those band members were actually hanging out with Jeff Scott Soto, you know? And he said he couldn't be cooler, he was super nice, and this and that. And then Ingbe heard that he was in the building. And what I understand, he just wanted them kicked out. Not that, oh, if you don't kick them out, I'm not doing the show. I it, That might have happened, but I know they requested Jeff Scott Soto is escorted off the premises before he goes on stage. That I do know. Because Jeff Scott Soto was friends with the opening act. That's the only reason he was there. You know, he's just friends with this opening band. And then uh, he, he was like, you know, when they kicked, when he told me he had to leave, he was like, well, whatever. I just came for my friends. Fucking fucking me, you know? That's what I understood. And yeah, some of those band members were hanging out with Jeff behind before Ingbe even knew. He said he couldn't have been nicer, nicer guy. I met Jeff. Jeff's awesome. Super nice dude. Yeah. He seems like a cool dude. Good singer, too. Great singer. So, uh, here's something you'll like. Uh, Iron Maiden, the Paul Diano Years photo book is coming out in July. Nice. Yeah, I, I love anything that shows respect to that fucking lineup. God damn, I, I, I think of anything, the older I get, the more and more I love the Deano era. And what, what's so funny is like, my favorite album, my favorite Iron Maiden album now, used to be my least favorite. Killers was the one, took me the longest to get into. And I would say, you know, through 92 you know it it was probably my least favorite i still liked it but it was listen definitely listened to it the least and everything now it's my all-time favorite i'll take it even over over the debut and uh as as maiden keeps digging themselves into a deeper and deeper grave with these new albums it just makes me appreciate it all the more god damn do i love the dno era and uh, I, I feel so, I feel sorry for people who don't. I always have. Even when Dickinson came in, I didn't hate it. I love Number of the Beast. I love Peace of Mind. I thought that was a great album. But even at that time, 
I was like, this shit's great, but the first two albums where it's at. I always said it. Piano yeah. album. I never ever once thought, what well, man, they got Dickens, he's a better singer than No, I never. I thought, yeah, technically I guess. I I don't hear it myself. I listen to Paul Viano's voice, and to me he's got a way better voice. I don't give a fuck about your operatic bullshit. Paul Viano sang like a man. You know, and he kicked ass and that fucking fiber yeah. and that the fucking intensity, the punky sporadic intensity did not go over to Number of the Beast. It became it became what Black Sabbath did with Dio. You know, it didn't sound like the Aussie stuff. That's what they did with Piano. It, it, right. I mean, they did with Dickinson. It totally changed. 100%, but I still dug it. I, st- I stuck with it. And then, you know, until Power Slave. Love that shit, but no way did I ever think any of those three Dickinson albums came even close to the first two piano De- albums that I always, always from 1982 stated, this is the, this is my name with Paul Viano. Right. But uh, yeah, I'd love to see that, you know, any shit glorifying the Deano years, I'm in for. Well, a band you can't stand uh, performed a new song for the first time. I bet it's Jay- <laughs> Well, then you would double your money. Uh, I just heard the new Jane's Addiction song, True Love. Uh, and, you know, I was very excited when, when original uh, bassist Eric Avery, Eric A, came back into the fold. But unfortunately, around the same time he did, Dave Navarro keeps saying, I've got, you know, permanent COVID, whatever, I can't tour. So they toured first with... Uh, Perfect Circle and Queens of the Stone Age guitar player Troy Van Eulen and then now they got Je- Jeff Kotlinger or whatever, the dude who just got kicked out of the Chili Peppers uh, playing live. But I heard the new song and I'm just like, hmm. I don't know. Wasn't that thrilled with it. Wasn't what I wanted to hear out of a new Jane song. And then, plus, you know, it doesn't even have Navarro's involvement on guitar, which, I, I mean, like, I know you have, I think Navarro's an incredible guitar player. Uh, wasn't impressed. Wasn't impressed. I'll hold up hope for a new album, you know. Could be the one song on the album. I don't like it as a slower song. You know how I am with ballads. But, uh, yeah. Wasn't very magical to me. Some bands should stay on heroin forever. Some bands should disappear. Like, novelty, stupid acts, like, James Addiction. What <laughs> about James Addiction? Except for you and Charlie Hill. You're the only two fans left. Hey, who yeah. fuck about all? porno for pirate? Got cock stealing? Oh my god. Man, what a dark time. Let me tell you, man. <laughs> that was I, I, I would love to go to a James Addiction show with Charlie Hill. That'd be a fucking blast. You know, I saw James Addiction when they were huge, and the only reason I went, I paid for a ticket. Was suicidal. So wow! I, I went for suicidal, but I started, but, uh, I watched Jane's Addiction and it was fucking horrible. I just thought they really sucked. What suicidal tour was that? Uh, Lights, Camera, Revolution. No shit. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. it was late right for too because they were touring for a while. They came back one last time. I, I saw that tour like three times headlining little clubs you know but then they opened for james addiction at bayfront which is you know a nice size 
outdoor venue, and I went for suicidal, man. But I stuck around for James Addiction. You know, I wanted to see what's the hype. You know, because I don't like the been caught stealing and that other mountain song. I don't like none of that. So, all right, let me see them live and see if you know, something else catches my team. But it didn't. You know, it was horrible, man. I mean, I felt like sucking cock the whole time. Shit, I wish I would have went with you. Yeah, I would have uh. <laughs> I would have totally gargled your balls during game. I would have fucking sucked you and Charlie Hill off at the same time. All right, you hear that, Charlie? Buy tickets. Yeah, Charlie, you want your dick rubbing? <laughs> you want your dick rubbing with Ian's dick in my mouth? <laughs> I'll give you both head. <laughs> it's a sword fight. <laughs> oh God! All right, well, here probably the worst news I'm going to read. Not only this week, but probably many, many weeks to come. Uh, Nikki Six wants to keep going until at least 2031. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh they, my they, they better start looking for other big acts to do shows with because they can't go out on their own. I'm sorry. Nobody gives a fuck. It's just a nostalgia thing. Oh, God. You, you know who this story probably hurt even worse was... Uh, Johnny Bogan's wife, who's like, oh, we'll never get a new car now because this <laughs> asshole keeps paying money to see Motley Crue. <laughs> um, oh, my God. Dragging this shit out to 2031. And, you know, as much as I love John Five and, and think he is amazing guitar player, who unfortunately, you know, he's one of those guys, and, and you see this a lot, a stellar musician, but always ends up being a sideman. Uh, never in a band where he can truly contribute and write. Um, but, you know, he played on four of those songs, I think, from the Dirt soundtrack. And every one of those songs sucked. Sucked bad. Bad. I, I, mean, I mean, they were worse than that. You know, remember that If I Die Tomorrow crap? Yeah. Oh, uh, oh God! When they did that greatest hits thing, when they got back together, hey, they're worse than that. They're worse than that. That that, that title track, the dirt. Fuck. Oh my God. I mean, I mean, I mean just horrible. And yeah, he could go out there and you know mimic Mick Mar. I mean, he could play Mick Mars shit one handed with his fucking eyes closed. But uh, you know, if Nikki Six is still gonna write the songs, they're gonna suck. And, and you know they're probably not going to do a fucking new album. Uh, you know, they're probably going to, every year they'll release another Greatest Hits with two new songs that you wish you never heard. Uh, but God damn it. I, I guess if people are still going to go see this, then you get what you fucking deserve, man. And, and you deserve to get pissed on like Mark Alvin Taylor at Rock and Pod. I'm, the, the Bluetooth... <laughs> it's on the Bluetooth. Oh God! Take that Bluetooth and smack him in his green teeth. Yeah. Jesus, hey, that's the new slogan, man. Piss on, <laughs> on the Bluetooth. Ain't that a cool slogan? Yep. Piss cool on kids Bluetooth. <laughs> cool kids hate Sammy Hagar and piss on the Bluetooth. Yeah. Cool kids. <laughs> cool kids piss on Bluetooth. Yeah, we're gonna turn Bluetooth into Yellow Face. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh 
Oh, God, yeah, so fuck Motley Crue. Oh, God, let's see, what else do we got here? Uh, hmm. I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. Oh! I, uh, <laughs> uh, funny, just a side note, I saw this thing, uh, uh, story says Rob Halford says he was approached about contributing to Dolly Parton's new rock album. Reminds me of a headline that I just saw the other day that uh, uh, Paul Mooney, uh, a black comedian, re really fucking funny, uh, used to do a lot of writing for Richard Pryor. Said Richard Pryor fucked Dolly Parton and Barbara Walters. That's awesome. Really? That's awesome. Yeah, I hope it. I, I, I can see Barbara Walters because I, I know I know she had an affair with the brother uh, who was a senator. She had an affair with him in the seventies, and uh, ooh Dolly Parton got a got a little taste for the brown sugar too. That's awesome. Rich I'd love to step for him. I know Richard Pryor and Dolly Parton. Oh good lord! God, well, just, when I, just when I thought Richard Pryor couldn't have been any cooler. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> The guy, the guy, the guy, pretty much was the greatest comedian. Really, okay. you really boil it down. That that well, that concert, that film where he's in the red shirt, is one yeah. of, the, if not the greatest stand-up ever. That that you know, with the dog, you know, you know, yeah. fucking model, right? God, I love that shit. I saw that. I saw that in the midnight movies back in the late seventies. I went to Midnight Movies and they showed that Richard Pryor in concert movie. Oh my yeah. god, is that funny? They don't, they don't kill cars. They kill niggas. <laughs> I, I always go back. Depending on the day of the week, man, it's either, it's either Pryor or Carlin for me. Yeah, uh, definitely. For me, it's Pryor all the way up. Yeah, love, love them both. But you know, if if if, if Pryor fucked Dolly Parton. And bumps him up a little bit. Oh, big time! And I just I couldn't bump him up anymore. Yeah, no shit. He did all the bumps. Yeah. Oh. And lit himself on fire too. Oh God! Uh, I, I thought this was funny. Mr. Big announces the Big Finish World Tour and unveils new touring drummer. And I never heard of the guy. Wasn't they, didn't they hype this up like, oh, we can't tell you who he is yet or something like that? Didn't mm. they? Oh, yeah. Did they ever? Did they ever hype it up? Oh, people are going to shit when they see who this is. And it's Nick DeVigilero. Yeah. He's in, a, he's in a progressive band, a band I have heard of. One band called Spock's Beard. Oh, they're awesome. I, I love Spock's Beard. <laughs> okay. I, no, I do for real. I think they're. Awesome. Oh, seriously? Yeah. Oh, okay. I've heard of them at least, and he's also in a, a band called Big Big Train. Never heard. Uh, yeah. But uh, anyway, that's that's the drummer that was so top secret. You know, they had to wait for the reveal. And I, I think it's a collective. Who gives a fuck? Well, I got to tell you, I'm a, I love Spock's beard, but I know the drummer's name. Yeah. Well, well, here's the I don't give a fuck if it's goddamn the ghost of Neil Peart. They're still playing fucking Mr. Mr. Big Song. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, that's true. 
I don't give a fuck who you get on drums. You still gotta do some with you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 16 tinted green sleep, whatever the fuck that, that yeah. song was. Oh my god, horrible yeah. band. It's, it's like, oh, can you play Addicted to That Rush first so I can leave? Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah that's the only good song you got. I know, I remember hearing that song and I was like, oh, this is pretty fucking good. And then everything else, like, yeah, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, I, you know, I bought that CD because of Addicted to That Rush. You know, and it's always funny, you know, to hear these stories about how uh, Billy Sheehan quit because he was unhappy with Skyscraper. And I'm like, but you were happy with Mr. Big? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, get the fuck out of here. Oh, God. Well, a uh, long-awaited documentary about doom metal icon Scott Wino Winrich is going to arrive this spring, and uh, I'll be interested to see that. I got to see Wino do a solo show. Uh, I know I was all excited. I went to see St. Vitus, and I thought Wino was singing, but he had quit <laughs> like a couple shows before, and uh, they got the original singer, Scott Rogers, was the one who ended up playing and I was so drunk I blacked out don't remember anything but uh, I am a Wino fan and uh, I'm looking forward to this this guy's had a pretty interesting life and I mean you know he's had the Obsessed, St. Vitus, Spirit Caravan you know all kinds of different shit Uh, and I just love rock documentaries Um, so I'm excited about that I saw a preview for another one coming out there's a new uh, Richie Blackmore documentary coming out. And I know he just had that one a couple of years ago. But now there's another new one that seems pretty interesting. Uh, well, that's really good news because I am a huge Blackmore fan. That I even like Blackmore's Night. Oh, oh, God. That shit. Oh, Dude, God, you just knew that... Billy Squire's song. You're, 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 you're fired. Oh, whatever. Go, go roast your balls on the Great American Campfire, you piece of shit. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I've ever heard that song after that day. <laughs> you better not still like it, you son of a bitch. Hey, hey, hey I didn't buy it, that's for sure. Oh, God. I, I, I'll tell you what, I, I downloaded it for free and I want my money back. Oh, uh, Well, Violence Sean Killian says he's open to recording with the band's new revamped lineup. Uh, which is, you know, we talked about this last time, is disappearing by the day. And I think something, I don't think in our last news it had been released that, that Phil Demo says he, he wants to shut it down. I think they should, you know, honestly. You know, he, he's, he's saying, he goes, look, we've, we've just lost too much. It's not violence. I think losing Perry, uh, Strickland was the, was the last gasp for Phil, who, I mean... Let's be honest, his heart isn't in it 100% because he's constantly not appearing at all these violent shows because he's making more money playing with Lamb of God, playing with this band, playing with that band. I mean, he's filled in with Overkill. He's, you know, Lamb of God. I think there's a couple other bands he's been subbing with. Um, You know, again, I I think you're more qualified, you know, to talk about this because you're, you know, a huge violence fan. I, I think if you get to the point where it's just Sean Killen, Killian doing this, uh, I think he's right. I feel bad for Sean because, I mean, God, look at what he's overcome. You know, he's alive. This son of a bitch is lucky to be alive. 
and you know here's here's this chance to get the band back and it's shit when they first did it it was everybody but rob flynn you know and it just slowly one by one they all keep you know leaving or getting fired um i mean how, how do you you think they should just you know call it a day yeah yeah i mean it's bad enough you know you lose the bass player too and then the drummer, it's like, come on. I mean, I don't mind Rob Flynn not being there. That's fine and dead right. to me. If anybody shouldn't be in that band, it's him. I can I can handle him not being there. But anybody else, they're all very important to me, man. And now it's gotten to the point where it's just Strickland and and Killian. And you know Strickland, he's like there, but he's like, you know, he's also one ear to the phone, like, what other big band's gonna want me to play with them, you know? Because he's played yeah. with Bama God and, you know, who else? Yeah, De- Demo, Demo, you mean? Yeah, Phil Demo. Yeah, you just said Strickland. Oh, well, Demo, yeah. <coughs> it's it's now like, oh, fuck. Now these two are left? Uh, stop this. Stop this nonsense. Just glad you came back and did a killer EP. Now stop. And I, I, I flew. I flew to fucking... Um, this was before Gustafson joined them. I flew over there and I saw that full lineup minus uh, Rob Flynn. And yeah, I saw, you saw with Ray Ray Vargas, right, or Vegas or whatever his yeah, name yeah. is. And I saw, you know, Thrasher of the Titan show had the original original guitar player before Rob Flynn played that show. Yeah. And, you know, I saw him in the '80s with Rob Flynn four times. You know, I've seen them enough that it's gotten to the point now. It's like, fuck, you're really this ain't right, you know? So. Yeah, after I heard Strickland left, I was like already like, God, this is so fucking lame. But when Strickland left, I was like, it's over. It's over. That's it. It's done, Johnny. All right. Well, next story, uh, Rush is now doing a 40th anniversary extended reissue of Signals. That shit Uh, sucks. uh, (laughs) uh, are, Are you referring to the reissue edition or the album itself? No, I love the album. That reissue sucks. Yeah, I was looking at it, and I was trying to, like, what's the expanded shit? Is there a live show? And I... Nothing. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm, I misread it wrong, but I'm no like... No live shows. So I'm like, oh, what are they adding to this? I will uh, say... The videos, there's some videos... Uh, oh, a Blu-ray version of the album. Fuck all that shit. My, my vinyl sounds fine. Yeah, and I will say, um, I do like Signals, but I don't like it as much as a lot of other people do. Um, well, I, I love... You know, when I got my car, my yeah. last car, the first thing I did was play Signals in it. Full blast. It's not one of my favorite Rush albums, but it's a fucking... Well, yeah, it is one of my favorites. I love I love mm-hmm. all Rush up to Grace Under Pressure, but I like Signals more than Grace Under Pressure. And I love Grace Under Pressure. Yeah, no, and, and that's a weird thing I was going to say. I like it, but I almost think I like Grace Under Pressure more. Um, but, I mean, there, I mean, there's, like, subdivisions. is fucking incredible. But, I mean, as a whole as a whole I don't know I think I might like Grace Under Pressure more but yeah I, I did think uh, it was underwhelming as far as like the extra content compared 
you know, I, I just think they set the bar so high with a lot of the other anniversary editions that they did. So, but uh, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure Mark Allen Taylor's going to pick it up because that's his favorite band. Is it? But, yeah. I thought it was Kaja Gugu. Yeah. Yeah. No, he just likes their early stuff. Uh, well, Mick Box says he will be vi- a very proud man if Uriah Heep is ever inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And I got news for you. Right said Fred's going to get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Sir Mix-a-Lot's going to get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame before Uriah Heep. But uh, God damn it, they put out a uh, another great new album. I really like the, the new ones, The Color and the Chaos. Uh or chaos and color. Uh, what I heard Dick, of it was really good. Yeah, yeah, just like uh, uh, just like the last album they put out before that. You know, the tour that we saw them on when they opened up for Judas Priest, uh, and to me, another great example of a, a classic band that's you know still putting out good shit in their fucking golden years. And uh, dig it, you know. Yeah, it's different than you know. The, the classic era that most people would consider, but uh, yeah, good shit. But yeah, they ain't getting the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You, you bet your fucking bottom dollar on that shit. All right, let's see what else we got here. Uh, hmm. Trying to find something new and interesting. Yeah, because one year, once you're done, I got Ralph's news with an intro. Yeah. Well, I know. Oh God! Oh, uh, how can we not talk about this? And this is so funny. Is this is a story? If you would have told me this 25 years ago, I would tell you I knew every. I, I could probably recite what was said. I'd know it word for word because I'd be so excited. But now I can just give two fucks less. Uh, but Kiss went on uh, Howard Stern to announce the final, final dates of the end of the road tour. And two things that I just were the top of my list 25 years ago were Howard Stern and Paul and, you know, Kiss. But now I could give a shit less about either one of them. Uh, You know, what's so funny is I I think back to, you know, when, when Kiss was on Howard Stern before and they got into an argument because he was making fun of fucking Eric Carr and, and all this shit and they got all pissed off. I'm like, oh, that's that's classic Stern. And now he's acting like, oh, yeah, Kiss is cool. And Kiss went on there and, and did shitty performances of, you know, the classic songs and announced all this shit and told stories that everybody's heard that, you know, 30 fucking thousand fucking times. Um... Uh, mm. Uh, but I've already seen people online saying they, 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 they were previously, I'm not going to these end of the road shows, you know, fucking song Mike did. And now that the final shows are announced, the final supposedly shows, uh, I've seen people going back on the words. Okay. I'm going, I'm going, I'm going, they're coming here. I'm not going, I'm not going. Are there any of these, any of these dates fall in Florida? No, but if it was coming, you know, they were here twice. You know, the band that said, well, hey, come see us, because when we come to your town, we're not coming back. They came back, they came back twice. And, they, and you know, Orlando, they played too. 
both times they came down here, I was offered a free ticket. And I didn't go, not only because I didn't want to see it, but I didn't go because of you. Cause you, yeah. Because <laughs> you said I was going to go for a free ticket. And I was telling you back then, no, I'm not, because I really didn't want to see it. But then when I was offered the free ticket, I was like, no, I don't want to go. And yeah, ENC, I don't want to go. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's a collective who gives a but fuck. Here's, but here's the funniest part. Kiss is playing the, the Kiss crew next year. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. God. Are you serious? That's, that's already been announced? Dude, it's been announced already. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> it was actually announced before they sold tickets to the Madison Square Garden. Before, oh, my God. before they uh, were on Howard Stern, they announced they were playing the next year. <laughs> And, and think of all these motherfuckers that will be late on their mortgage payment because yeah. they're they're flying to New York to see that Madison Square Garden show. And then they're going to play again. And then the house will get foreclosed on because then they'll have to buy tickets to go on the Kiss Cruise. And God, you fucking suckers. No, but but here's, here's the ultimate. Get ready for this. Okay. okay. I don't know if you know this. Uh, Madison Square Garden, okay. they have like this $6,000 package. For that show? Yeah. That, That's wait, it? Wait, with the $6,000 package that you pay, you don't even get to meet the band. Oh my God. Yeah, and I was like, who the fuck's gonna buy this? Really? Are Matt Porter. And then I think, <laughs> it is good fan, so yeah, it probably will sell. Oh my God. It's just fucking horrible. Again, again I applaud. I applaud Paul and Gene for taking these people's money. I think it's great. Take these fucking suckers for everything they have. Yeah. You know? and, yeah. Make money. And, and, and hopefully, like, I can pick up, like, a house reasonably because, you know, they got foreclosed on because these assholes paid all this money for this shit. Ugh. God bless them. God damn. I love Jews. Love them. Love them. Hate the French. Love the Jews. Uh, speaking of another Jew I love, but uh, I, I I don't have the heart to check it out. Uh, Digley Roth has released a newly recorded version of Unchained. Did you did you bother yeah, to listen to it? You know what? I was like, I'm not interested to hear this. Every Van Halen cover he's done so far sucks so bad that I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm butchering uh, Unchained. So no, I actually did not bother to listen. I, I have not listened to one of them because yeah, I bad. just, uh, you know, it, the, the death kneel for me was when I heard those new songs off of this, you know, the long unreleased album he did with John Five, and I heard all those songs. Well, I shouldn't say all of them. I think I heard the first three, and I'm like, no, 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 no. I he just, he's still my Lord and Savior and all this, but nope, nope. And uh, and as bad as the new shit is, I I, I don't want to hear songs that were already recorded with an incredible lineup. <laughs> you know, like no, no. Now if you came to Seattle, I'll be there in a heartbeat. You know, and at least it wouldn't cost as much as Kiss. <laughs> you know, but yeah, I'm not even gonna bother checking it out because it'll only break my heart. Oh God. Uh, Oh, God. Mike Tramp shares Little Fighter track from his new album, <laughs> Songs of White Lion. 
what are we talking? What, what is the point to bring up Mike Trapp on our show, really? Well, well here, here's the funny thing is because he reminds me of somebody that we know who constantly releases seven versions of a review for a single album. Mike Tramp has put out I don't know how many albums of him redoing White Lion shit. <laughs> I mean, and, and countless tours. And then, but he's like, yeah, yeah, we're not redoing White Lion. What's the point? Well, then why is that all you fucking do? All this guy does is one album after another of redoing... You know, it's, it's they weren't that fucking big to begin with. To begin with, they had two songs. Uh, okay, three three tops that even made a dent. They had wait, uh, you know, when the children cry and radar love. You know, one's a cover. You know, one was a minor hit and one was like a big hit for like about two weeks. And there's still all this fucking attention given to fucking white. I don't get it, man. It, it's what, like what attention, dude? That guy's going on tour and playing like fucking phone booths. Nobody cares anymore. Yeah. You know, it's just uh. like yeah, Mike Tramp for somehow. Hey, man, God bless him. He found a way to make a record company continue to release songs that he already recorded over and over again. So he must uh, be doing something right. But seriously, if. If there was no such thing as, you know, this little story you're seeing now, would you and I be aware that Mike Tramp ever released anything after White Line? Yeah, and, and I know I even looked, I'm like, who's putting this shit out? I mean, I mean I'm mean, i like, it, you know, is Frontier, is that desperate? No, this new album's getting put out by K-Tel. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, oh my God. Yeah, only old fucks like Ralph and I will get the K-Tel joke. Yeah. But, uh... Oh my God! Oh, uh, Skid Row's touring with Buck Cherry. They deserve each other. That's well, I got I got VIP for that show. Are you fucking kidding me? I'm not. VIP was seventy bucks. Oh my God. Well, I don't care. I'm not going to <laughs> Buck Cherry. I don't care for Buck Cherry. But I'm definitely going for Skid Row. I love Skid Row now. Big fan of that new album. Um. I I briefly uh, with uh. With Eric, their new singer, the other day online, briefly. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool dude. Uh, well, a tour event, uh, unfortunately, isn't coming by me that I would go see. So, what's this say about me? Uh, but like I said, it's not coming to to uh, Seattle. Is uh, Tom Keeper, Winger, and John Karabi? Uh, yeah. I'd go see John Karabi, go out to the bathroom during What's-His-Face and come back for Tonky. Yeah, I would go see that. Unfortunately, not coming to me. Uh, we previously spoke. Uh, Sweet Lynch is doing a third album, and uh, hopefully you like it better than um, the second one. Yeah. Uh, Rob Halford has confirmed that Andy Sneap will continue to play guitar for Judas Priest, saying the fans love him, uh, which I would concur. We saw them with Andy Sneap. Come and, on. Uh, the fans love KK more. Oh, yeah. No, but what I'm saying is I think everybody approved of the job he was doing, though. You know you know what I mean? Uh, I, I think... What the fuck will they get there? It should be KK. 
Oh, yeah, no, it should be KK, but, you know, if it's not going to be KK, I don't want somebody else. I think Andy Sneap, you know, uh, I think he, you know, definitely to me understands the sound of the band with what he did with Firepower. Uh, he's a capable guitar player. I mean, if you're not going to have KK, I want Andy Sneap there, you know, because because uh, Phil Demel's playing with Lamb of God right now. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, anything new? I think we're getting pretty close to Rouse news. Unless I see anything. Uh, nope. Nope. I've already gone all the way back to our last episode. So now it's time for Rouse news. Now it's time. It's time for me to do the news. It's Rouse news. And... <laughs> God damn, bro, you didn't bring up the passing of the great Gary Rossington, man. Oh, yeah. Rossington, the last guy standing that was on an original, the original album. Yes, there was millions of people in Leonard Skinner before the first album, including Ricky Medlock, who was their drummer at the time. And now he's in the band as the guitar player. Like, if he's an original member, you were the drummer. But anyway, Gary Rossington was awesome. I got to see the Gary... I got to see Rostin Collins. I got to see. Oh, that. nice! That's a cool. I love. I, yeah, because Rostin. I love Collins, that song. They they also had Billy Powell in the band and Leon Wilkinson, so that's as close as I got to Skinner. Oh, know? I didn't know that. I didn't know they were both in Rostin Collins. Oh yeah, it was Leonard Skinner, but but a different singer and drummer. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I I love that. Don't, don't misunderstand me song yeah That's yeah cool. those two albums are good man i got them both and uh then i saw the skinner reunion in 87 i think where it was everybody was up there but alan collins unfortunately was in a wheelchair but they brought right. him out, introduced the band it was a great show but i went to that show because it's a leonard skinner tribute show it wasn't announced then that they were going to continue as leonard skinner then when they did right. I lost interest, man. I tried. I mean, I didn't really try that hard. I'd be like, all right, let me hear this stuff that doesn't have Ronnie Van Zandt in it. You know, because it's not Skinner without Ronnie. I'm sorry. It's just not. And yeah, yeah, I didn't like most of that. You know, some people do like those albums. To me, man, it's fucking the first album of the Street Survivors. That's Skinner to me. You know, but I still love uh, uh, Gary Rustin. I, I'm not going to sit here and lie and say, oh, I was such a big fan of his that I'd go see him every time he came to town, which I didn't. I saw him in 87 and I never went to go see him again. Not that I disliked him. It just ain't not Skinner, you know? Yeah. But a lot of people love this shit, like what we were talking about earlier. You know, people just love this nostalgia shit. They don't care if it's not main members on the stage. And they made boatloads of money, Leonard Skinner, you know, as, uh, you know, they, they went on. And, uh, but as I understand, Gary Rostin hasn't been playing in the last couple tours. <laughs> so uh, I, I think he might have been doing kind of like uh, the Mick Jones thing, where he would do like selected shows and play for a little bit. But, uh, yeah, no, no, it, it is it is a sad passing that uh, you know the tragic history of that band. But uh, you know, on a bright side note, is you know the first uh, kid that Artemis Powell molested just turned twenty one, <laughs> so so he can drink now. Um, 
But uh, yeah, no, I yeah, I can't believe I had a brain fart about that. It, it does suck. Um, I do love Skinner. I do. I, I think it's gonna just gonna be one of those things. Like if Dave Willen, I'm still alive in ten years, I might get to a point where I can go back and appreciate Skinner. Just classic, especially living in Florida, where they're from. Classic rock radio just killed them to the point where I, I just I don't want to hear it you know I've just heard it so many fucking times and I could listen to albums and appreciate album tracks but any of the singles oh god like nails on a fucking chalkboard but that that shouldn't take away from their legacy I mean they, they were a great band and uh, yeah sad, sad to hear of his passing Greatest well, account band, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Oh, I would definitely agree. Well, I kind of what and what with the Allman Brothers. Uh, I, 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 Skinner. Yeah, I, I would take Skinner, like, songwriting-wise. I would take Allman Brothers musicianship-wise. But, I mean, they're both. I mean, just... All, all the incredible people who I love me, I love me the the live at uh, Fillmore Almond Brothers. Yeah, kind of that album, but still, dude, Skinnered all the way. Yeah, uh, no, both of them, great songs, man, and, and way better than Molly Hatchet. <laughs> well, I love Molly Hatchet too. Uh, yeah, Nina Strauss rejoins Alice Cooper band. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and good for her. God damn, wasting her talent with fucking Demi Lovato. I'm glad, uh, you know, that experiment didn't last long. I hope she got paid. Uh, but, I, I mean, she is an incredible guitar player, and I know a lot of people just look at her like, ooh, she's hot. But she's also a damn fine guitar player. Uh, another person that I would love to see find a true band because, uh, you know, all she's going to do with Alice is covers, but God damn it, if your choice is play Alice covers or play with Demi Lovato, uh, play Alice covers. You know. But I uh, wish her a speedy recovery on all the, the surgery shit she's been dealing with, but good to see you're playing some rock and roll instead of fucking crap pop. Ralph's continuing the news. Here's the next story. Pete Townsend. And Joe Perry are going to guest on Anne Margaret's new album. And let me tell you something. I'm looking at this picture now. Boy, Anne still looks good. Anne Margaret. Yeah, that's photoshopped as fucking all hell. But yeah, it did look good. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So they're playing on her album, Ian. How cool is that? Yeah. I didn't know she did yeah, and I think it, it, not just them. I think there's some other good notable guests too. I did read a story about that, but uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, you know, Pete Townsend said he would have fucked her if she, you know, she was 75 years younger. Oh, did you hear the new extreme song called "Rise"? Yes, I did because what of Mark Alvin Taylor. Oh God, does it suck? Oh my god. Alright, good, good. I, I was, but, but, I was a little scared there with the Bleed Squire thing. But at least you yeah. never got a sucker done that. No, but 
I had to laugh because I, I think Chuck Charles Jackson, uh, said he made it about 30 seconds. I think I made it to the first chorus, maybe. Uh, but, oh, my God. The one thing I'll say is Gary Sharon still has the ability to, to fucking make my cock shrink just watching him perform. Oh, my God. Oh, is it so... Oh, I mean, I mean, it's just so bad. It's so bad, you know. When, when you know, uh, when Yannick Gear says, "Hey, you look like an idiot out there. You look like an idiot out there." Uh, you know, and this and the song was like, okay, it's a little bit heavier for them. And then it, the the chorus was so bad, so bad, and just go away. I'm glad nobody's gonna buy it. It'll it'll fucking disappear. You know, only assholes with Bluetooth speakers would listen to that shit. <laughs> uh, did you hear the last Metallica album? If Darkness had a sun. Oh yeah! God damn it! I meant to talk to you about that because uh, snooze for bro. Yeah. No, I, I saw that you uh, you liked that song. Love it. You loved it. Yeah. Uh, not a, not a fan of that one. I I love Lux Eterna. Love that one. Uh, I forget what the second one was called. Uh, and I thought, it, yeah, oh yeah, the suicide song. I thought it was okay. Uh, not horrible, but nothing to write home about. Definitely nothing I would think. Uh, you know, to me, it sounded like a uh, you know a filler track or an album track. And then I heard this one, and I was just like. Hmm. Well, first and foremost, I thought it was way too long. And as I'm listening, the first time I listened to it, I didn't get, I didn't look at anybody's comments on YouTube. But I was thinking to myself, that is some of the worst stock drumming I've ever heard in my fucking life. And I, I thought like the drumming in particular was really bringing the, the song down. And then... I was surprised when I did look at the comments, 90% of them were pointing out Lars drumming. I'm like, okay, wow, it wasn't just me. Like everybody else picked up on that too. And it's just so funny. I keep thinking back to some kind of monster, uh, the documentary where uh, Lars keeps saying, it's stock, it's fucking stock. And... I, I think Lars, like, of course, I think Lars gets too much hate, like you said. Um, but he was definitely the weak point to that. And, uh, yeah, wasn't wasn't a fan. It was too middle of the road for me. I, I, I think they kind of blew their wad with Lux Eterna and these other two. Now, I think it's like a 12-track album that's three days long. Uh, so there might be some other shit that I like. I'm not, I haven't given up hope on the album, but the second and third signal, I'm like, eh. And I'm really kind of surprised you liked the last song too, but then again, you like Memory Remains, so... Yeah, true. Nothing shocked. And also, I bought a ticket to see it at the theater. The day before they released, they're going to play it in the theater, like yeah. videos for every song. So I snatched my ticket. I got a ticket to go see the world premiere of that album the night before, and we'll see if the rest is as good as the, the first three yeah. for me. But I'm yeah. a fan so far. I'm digging it. It's you know the thing I dig about it, even with Lux. I'm I'm saying all three songs, 
It's right. not thrash, but it's really good hard rock. You know, it's dad rock. Yeah. You know, it's, well, it's, my, my, it's my speed. It's the shit I grew up on. And they're playing like hard rock now. And I'm digging it. I mean, at least these first yeah. three songs, I'm digging it. Yeah, well, Lux of Turner, I think, uh, yeah, well, it definitely leaned on new wave of British heavy metal. Uh, to me, it was closer to thrash. I mean, I really dug it. But then I listened to the other two, and I listened to, I know you're not a fan of their last two albums, but I listened to the single that's been released from the forthcoming Overkill album, The Surgeon, and I'm like, fuck it, this is thrash. In 2023, The Surgeon, to me, is a kick-ass thrash song. Did you listen to The Surgeon? Uh, I don't know. Is that the only one they released? Because that's the only one I heard. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I liked it, but there was a certain element. I, we've already talked about this. There was a certain part of the song I didn't like much. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, but yeah, to me, it's like, God damn I mean, I, I, I'm sorry. I want thrash Metallica. I don't want middle of the fucking road Metallica. I don't want another fucking black album. You know, if, uh, again, I mean, other bands that I think kind of did what the Black Album did, you know, going into more rock mainstream edition. I think Overkill did it better with Horoscope. I think Testament did it better with The Ritual. I think uh, Anthrax did it better with Sound of White Noise. I think these are all three examples uh, of bands that kind of lightened their sound a little bit, but still kept some kind of integrity. Uh, I like all of those better than the Black Album. I just, I, I guess I was just so spoiled on those first four Metallica albums that I, I think are perfection. But even back then, Metallica was the lightest, you know? Uh, well, maybe Anthrax too, but I mean, compared to Slayer and Megadeth, you know? You know, Ant, uh, Metallica always kind of like, okay, we want to be something more than thrash. And I'm kind of like, I don't need you to be something more than thrash. I don't want mass acceptance shit. I want goddamn hit the lights type shit. And I felt like I got that with Lux Eterna. You know, I'm like, fuck yeah. Give give me a give me fucking twelve tracks that all sound like Lux Eterna and I'd be happy. But Metallica's not gonna do that because they wanna show you, oh, we're versatile. We can do this, we can do that. I could give a fucking they want the critics to say, hey, this is good shit. And I, I think what, what kills this band is James. And I think James is going through so much turmoil in his personal life. Uh, and sometimes that can be a, a great fucking catalyst for for good music. But I, I think, I don't know. I think this fucking uh, midlife crisis he's going through and divorce, I, I, I don't know. I, I think this album's going to have more, and it, it's going to be more Lulu than it's going to be fucking Red Lightning. Well, we'll see. we'll see. All I know is, uh, by, but I, I, judging by the first three songs, I'm glad he's going through this yeah. like crisis because I'm digging it. I tell you, what, I'm going to be a first day downloader for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll hey, I'll buy it if it's good. When I walk out of that theater, it will tell me because I have not pre-ordered it. You know, I'm going to go to the theater. Right. I'm going to watch the whole thing. And they're gonna, you know, and, and then I'll be the judge when I walk out of the theater if I should buy it or not. All I'm saying is they've been free so far. I, I will say this, the, the second and third singles 
sound like the album cover looks. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, Next story. Final story. J.J. French doesn't think all the work he put into Twisted Sister was worth it at the end. Um, you know, he's been, you know, he struggled with the band for like 10 years. Then it became big. Then it just like fluffed away. And he's like, man, was it worth all that shit? Um, me personally, I think it was worth it because uh, Twisted Sister rules. When they, you know, before uh, Come On and Play, I love the first three albums. But, you know, I mean, the guy went through hell in a band for 10 yeah. years before they made it, you know, so he doesn't think it was worth it. I I will have to agree with J.J. French, and I never thought I would say that. And, and this is something I'm definitely going to bring up when we talk to Eddie Ojea. Um J.J. French started the band. You know, he's been carrying the torch even when D. Snyder wanted to distance himself and do all that. He's always been there. What kind of money has he made off that band compared to D. Snyder? You look at every Twisted Sister release, music and lyrics credited to D. Snyder. D. Snyder is the only guy that's made money off that band. Well, and it is true, too, you know? I mean, even the members of the band yeah. said how D. Snyder looked. This is how you're going to play the song. He wrote everything. About yeah. It. Drum parts, everything. You know? you know? And it's, you know, uh, you know, when I'm listening to music with my son and I'm playing in, like, all these classic bands and stuff, he's like, you think they're millionaires? He's always asking me, like, you think they're a millionaire? I'm like, no. God, no. You know, and I think a lot of people don't understand that the two people that make the most money off of record sales are the producer and the songwriters. Producers get paid first and foremost, no matter what. And if you're a name producer, you get residuals and shit like that. And with the other people, if you did not write the song, you could be in the biggest band. And you make your money off of touring. Uh, and if you're lucky, merchandise. I mean, look at, uh, you know, if you know the Ramones, Richie Ramone, who was in the band in the 80s, he left the band because not only did he not have songwriting credits, but he didn't get any of the merchandise money. You know, and the Ramones is one of those bands, they always sold more t-shirts than records. But he gets none of that. So, you know, when Twisted Sister goes on tour, yeah, they're selling all these records, and you see these singles and stuff like that, that all goes to Dee Snyder. Well, the rest of the band, the... This, is, this is a different case, though. J.J. Uh, French makes a boatload of money off of, uh, we're not going to take it when it's in commercials and movies, because J.J. French manages and owns the, the thing, so he gets a cut. Uh, we're not going to take it and I'll, whatever. I want to rock us in a, a movie or TV commercial. He makes he makes just as much as D. That's the, you know, I was listening to an interview with him and he's, you know, he, he kind of gets money without getting songwriting credit for being a right. man. Well, I, I, don't, I don't know how that works, but I also know they sold their catalog. So now 
he got that one-time payment, and now from now on, when that gets used, even D. Snyder doesn't get the fucking money anymore. You know, these artists that you see, that you see that big trend of artists selling their catalog. Once they sell that, you can see it in a big commercial. They don't get none of that. They got that one-time payment. Now, what whatever you do with that money is on you. If you invest it in shit or you spend it, that's all you fucking get. You know, you see Dylan, Springsteen, all these huge people selling their catalog. Once they sell it, they get nothing other than if they tour you know, and then you look at these bands, you know, if you're an original member, you probably get a bigger percentage, you know, then, you know, you tell me, you know, Rob Trujillo or Trujillo, however the fuck you say it, he doesn't make as much as the other three, you know, and he's lucky if he gets his name on one or two songs on the album, chances are neither of those are going to be the single, you know, well, Masada- so... <clears throat> Robert Trujillo is kind of an exception because that guy makes millions. Because millions to Metallica is bird feed, you know. Right, 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 right. But what I, what I'm saying though is the you, you compare the percentages, and that's somebody in a name band. But say like, okay, take a band like Overkill. Okay, every single Overkill album since Bobby Gustafson left, every song is credited to DD and and Bobby Blitz. Every songwriting credit. Okay? And you know when they tour, Bobby and Dee Dee make the majority of the money. The other guys have a flat rate for doing, for you know, per show, they make so much shit. And if they're lucky, if they're lucky, they get some t-shirt money. If not, all they get is playing those shows. And in the case of a band like Overkill, they're doing club tours. They're not doing stadium tours. So... There, I mean, there's a good chance that a lot of our listeners have a higher income than a lot of the people that they listen to and don't have health insurance. You know, they probably have to pay for the, you know, their own health insurance. So uh, I can see where JJ would say it's not worth it because D. Snyder made the most money off that band and probably who bled more for that band than JJ French even though he seems like a prick in most interviews. But anyway, getting back to it, I, I can see where he's saying that. For everything that he put into it over the years, the percentage that he made compared to D. Snyder, and who's the face of the band? Who's the name? Who's Who gets to go on, you know, Donald Trump's celebrity fucking whatever the fuck? You know, D. You know, who has a radio show? D. Who does everybody know? D. Who writes books that sell? D. You know? It's it's all about D. Without D. Snyder, it's nothing, and and he made all all the money out of that band, you know. So, but but that's something I'm I I, I really want to ask fucking uh, Eddie when we talk to him because I think that's bullshit for somebody who. Yeah, I I totally believe he writes all the lyrics. That's all him. But you tell me somebody who doesn't play guitar writes all the music. I mean, he might hum. Hey, this is kind of how I want it to go, but you know that—that's something that always bothers me about bands—is how they break up the fucking, you know, the the residuals and who wrote stuff. To me, I feel like everybody contributes. Some people contribute more, but I mean, look at Van Halen. You know, up until um, 
I think it was the first re reunion with Hagar. Everything was split on all those albums. All the credits went to all four members, even during the you know the the era that counts, the original area era. Everything was split split equally, so they all made the same amount of money. And the first thing when they did that reunion tour with Sammy was he made uh, it you know Michael Anthony made less, and he had to sign away his percentage, so he was basically a hired gun. So everybody in Van Halen made more money on that shitty tour than Michael Anthony. And that's the reality of the business. Yep. So I'm, I'm sure you make more money off of Thrash or Die than anybody else. <laughs> uh, that's a, yeah, because I fucking pay for everything. Why shouldn't I? <clears throat> I believe it. All right. Well, that was Thrash News. Yeah. And. And now it's time to go into the album of the week. This one fan picked and paid for by Brian Seifert. We're doing the second studio album by Gua. God, what an awful racket. Scum dogs of the universe. And uh, are you a big Gua fan, Ralph? Can't say I am, though. I, I, I don't hate them at all, and I've seen them a million times. I even saw them on the first album tour, Hello, where they already oh, wow. had a big buzz by that time because I saw them at the Cameo Theater, and that's a pretty big venue. And, uh, and yeah, they packed the place. And, uh, you know, I mean, I don't hate them or anything, but I will say I bought the first album, Hello, because they were playing the Cameo. And I said, like, oh, you know what? I saw an MTV report on them. So let me check out, you know, let me buy the album. I bought the album, I saw it in the store. Let me buy this to get used to it for the show. Uh, I didn't like it much. I remember there was one song on there that I really liked, but the rest of it was like, eh. But awesome live, especially back then. They were amazing, but they had an opening act called Jenna Torturers. I don't know if you ever heard of them. Uh, isn't that isn't that with uh, the guy from Morbid Angel? Well, he joined them much later on. Oh, and okay. He married the girl Jen. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. If he's still married, but they, David Vincent. Yeah, David Vincent, and he was in Jenna Tortures for a while, but this was early. Where man, let me tell you, I've seen yeah. Jenna Tortures a bunch of times, but never did I see him this vile. I mean, there was full penetration on stage and. You know, lesbianism. There was a lot of crazy shit going on during them. Where Gore was more of a cartoony, you know, let's, you know, decapitate the Pope and shit like that. And, you know, you get covered in blood. It's an event, you know. And I understand, you know, the love that this band has by a lot of people. And I got to say, I'm not. And, and then I went and bought this album. I actually did buy it. And I even bought it again on vinyl. On record store day, it was a record store day exclusive. I was like, oh, let me buy it. And uh, but the thing is that <clears throat> these two albums, this one I do think is better than Hello. But yeah. there's later albums that I gotta give a shout out. He's probably not listening. Jackson Rowdy from Canada who bought me this Toilet Earth and another album called uh, Ragnarok. Both these out, both those albums are way better. Really? Oh, way better. And there's, I don't know the name, but when I used to do a college radio show, there was also another Gore album 
It, it, that something song, I think the song was like fucking the chickens or fucking the animals. <laughs> that was a really good album too, though. I don't own it, but I remember <laughs> it became more killer metal, memorable stuff. Where what we're about to talk about, I'm gonna sound like a a broken record because really uh, I don't hate the album, but you're gonna see me repeat a lot of the same things I have to say about each song. But yeah, I've seen War many times. I went to go see War too because Toxic Holocaust was opening. I think that was the last time I saw War. But yeah, I've seen War many many times, and they're, they're always fun. I like when they. I saw one show where they killed Marilyn Manson. That was awesome. And, you know, and, and uh, you know, always the presidents get killed. Uh, I don't think Obama got killed because that would have been very politically incorrect to do that. But I think every other president got killed. And, um, yeah, whatever. You know, Gore's not a bad band. It's a lot of fun to go see them. But these two albums, yeah, I'll tell you what I think. Alrighty, well, you know, I was trying to think today when I first got into Guar, and I know the album for sure uh, was the next album after this, America Must Be Destroyed. But I can't remember, I'm, I'm trying to think in my head when Beavis and Butthead started, because I don't know if I came to this band because wanna, of Beavis and Butthead. You want to hear something funny? What's that? It, Today is the 30th anniversary of the premiere of the Beavis and Butthead show. So it was in 93. Okay, all right. Well, then, well, let, let me look here. Let me look here and see when it was. Okay, it came out March 30th. Oh, God. It, uh, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. It's almost the 31st anniversary of uh, America Must Be Destroyed. So I want to say maybe I just chucked it out because of something. You know, maybe it was something in Hit Parade or, or Circus or whatever the fuck I was reading back then. Maybe I did get into them before Beavis and Butthead. But uh, I remember buying America Must Be Destroyed, and I loved it. I loved it, and I laughed my ass off at it. I thought it was so good. And then they had a home video at the time called Phallus in Wonderland that I got on VHS. And, man, me and my, my best friend, Matt Paseka used to play it over and over and laugh our fucking ass off and I was like so into Guar for like a fucking hot minute and I did go back and I bought this one the only two albums that I physically bought were Scum Dogs and America Must Be Destroyed and like I said I was so into it but by the time the follow up album to America uh, This Toilet Earth came out for for whatever reason you there Ralph? Yeah. You hear me? Hello? Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. I, I was hearing. I was hearing a ding. I don't know if my headphones are going out or not. I hope they're not fucking running out of power. I charged them up, but well, I know we've been for a long time. I'm not time. editing this part out, so keep going. All right. So, uh, <laughs> all right. So, hey, if you stop hearing me, text me. Um, so, anyway, um, what I was saying. Okay, yeah, by the time this Toilet Earth came out, I was, for whatever reason, I'd see it in the in the record store, but I just I didn't pick it up. And then I just kind of fell out with Guar. 
uh, just moved on to other shit. I never got to see them live. They were a band that always came around, but I was like, eh, I'll catch them next time. I'll catch them next time. And unfortunately, I never got to see him with David Brockie. My, you know, my friend Matt Pasenka did. He got to meet David Brockie because he was a friend of a friend of ours in New Orleans. And um, but you know, I never got to see him, and I always regretted it. And I loved watching the recent documentary about him. I was like, God damn it! Why didn't I, you know, go see these guys when I had a chance? Why did I put it off? Uh, but it was fun to me it was really fun going back and listening to this album and listen to it in its entirety and i'll tell you this it's been over 30 years since i listened to scum dogs all the way through and uh spoiler alert i was pleasantly surprised with this album and and not only how some of the humor holds up because i love how on pc it is i know you said you don't think they killed obama i, I don't know i don't see anything politically correct about Guar. <laughs> I think they probably killed every president. Um, but it's just, it's its so refreshing, and I love the sick juvenile humor of this band. Uh, but I think what really got me going back and listening to it is how the music stands up. Like, I always kind of looked at them as a joke band. Even Brian Seifert, who requested this, he goes, I know they're a joke band, but I'm listening to the music on this, and I'm really getting into it the same way. Like, when I listen to... Uh, Steel Panther, I'm like, you know, these are joke bands, but they're better musicians than some of the shit that's, you know, big on the radio. Uh, I think it's really good, but Ralph, I'm going to let you take the first track, the, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, the Salamamizer. Yeah, it's a fun song. Not something that's too memorable to me, but it's a fine tune. I dig it. What do you think? Uh, I think it's a good opener, and again, sometimes I forgot how good these guys are as musicians, because without the jokey lyrics, there's some good fucking metal on here, and to me, it's the best song ever that's written about an alien penis pump, by far. A uh, lot of fun. I think it's a great way to open the album, and we'll go to the second song, Maggots. Uh, maggots. Um, lyrics aside, this is a thrash song, and I, I dig that. I mean, yeah, it's it's silly lyrics, but then sometimes you think about like what some of the thrash songs are about, and you know it's funny because you know trying to be serious because we're a thrash. I heard that part. Um, <laughs> you know they're like, oh, we're a thrash band. We're singing about war and blah 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 or whatever and all this serious shit. But to me, it's just a kick-ass thrash song. I dig it. What do you think? Better than the first song. It's more memorable and it's a fun tune. I like the little maggot sounds too in the song. <laughs> um, Sick of You is the next one. Another fun song. Used to hit off the album. They made a video for it. Though I like it, I am never in the mood to play this song or album. I don't know. It's just... It's not a bad song, but listening to these songs today, I'm like, you know, what you were saying earlier, I haven't heard it so long in 30 years. Well, I did hear it again when I bought it on record store today. But, yeah, I just never went back to it. It's not something that I want to hear. It's weird. I know it's good. It's fun. I like it. 
But hey, man, I, I if I never hear it for the rest of my life, I'll be okay. That's how I feel about this song and album. <laughs> well, I like it better than you. Uh, this is their most popular track. You know, always in the uh, encore section of the show. The only time they didn't play this is on the 2014 tour, which was the tour right after Dave Brocky, Odorous Urungus, died. And and I get that, because, I mean, it is their signature song. Uh, I love it. It's catchy as fuck. And was originally written, you know, they're writing it about being on tour and just them being sick of each other. You know, here's a band that's on, like, a small... If you watch the documentary, you know... They're on a cramped bus. Half of it is their fucking stage show. <laughs> you know, all the shit that they would do. So where their actual living quarters are very small. It's a large band between the musicians and people who would just act on stage. Uh, and, and just their little joke, you know, getting sick about smelling your feet and shit like that and everything. Uh, but overall, I, I, I think it's a well-written song. Catchy as fuck. I love it. Uh, I'll take the next track, which is my favorite on the album. Jesus Christ, do I love this one. Slaughterama. And this one has uh, vocals by Sleazy P. Martini. Which, if you follow this band, Sleazy P. Martini is their manager. And it's a great, like, uh, like he's hosting a game show and they're slaughtering all these people. And I just think it's funny as Fuck. God damn, do I love it. And then there's the part where they're making fun of... Um, I cannot remember which talk show it was. It was either Geraldo or... Uh, either Geraldo or... Uh, not Robert Downey Jr. What's what's the guy I'm thinking of? Morton Downey Jr. Where they said they were attacked by fucking skinheads who beat him up and drew a swastika on their face. And the swastika was drew. You could tell like the person did it in a mirror because it was backwards. And they totally got busted. I care. It was either Geraldo or, or Morton Downey Jr. But anyway, just all the lyrical shit about here making fun of the fucking hippies and everything. It's just funny as it's it's like a fucking heavy metal Cheech and Chong song. And by far my fucking favorite. I love it. What do you think of Slaughterama? I gotta agree with you. It's my favorite off the album. Total novelty comedy song, but it's cool. You know? Um, yeah, I love, uh, yeah, Sleazy Pete. By the way, uh, the guy earlier I was talking about, um, Jackson Rowdy, that got me these Gore albums, he's trying to get uh, Sleazy P on my show, on my channel. Oh, nice. But if, nice. if it ever does happen, I'd rather have him on the podcast. Oh yeah, I'd love to talk to him. Yeah, when you know when we're not doing album reviews, you just bullshit with him and find out what. Oh he yeah. Does. You know? he, he he can't be worse than Terrence. You know. Nobody. Maybe. <laughs> no. Maybe Sle- Sleazy P. Martini could be our new third. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. Anyway, yeah. Next song, the light, the years of life. It's not bad, it does rock, and in no way does this annoy me. Again, it's just something I I would I wouldn't put on repeat listens. But it, it rocks. 
It's cool. I dig it. What do you think? Um, this one to me, it's okay. Not great, but not bad. But it's definitely filler. I mean, it, it's an album track, but not a standout one. Uh, I'll take the next one. King Queen. Love this one. Again, forgot how, how fun this band was. Long live King of the Gays. Uh, you know, this is a song about King of the Gays long before Mark Allen Taylor Chapman. Uh, <laughs> or Mark David Chapman Taylor, whatever the fuck <laughs> his name is. Uh, just a, a fun fucking song. And again, as I'm listening to it, it's like, even if it didn't have the funny lyrics, I think it would be a good metal song. Uh, big fan of this one. Definitely probably my top five on the album. What do you think? Um, all these songs are like one long song to me. It's not bad. I just don't know how to expand my thoughts on this. I, it pretty much mirrors everything I've said about the songs before it. It rocks. It's fun. But it's not something that, you know, memorable to me that makes me want oh yeah king queen i gotta listen to some king queen from gore you know i'm not built that <laughs> right. way uh, horror of the horror of yay uh, a little more going on in this song i like i like the groove got a different groove than all the other tunes before it cool song i dig it what do you think uh well yeah i i love it and definitely why you can hear the difference is this uh, song was produced by Her Harpo Luxa and Hermes Pan, better known as Al Jurgensen and Paul Barker from Ministry. And uh, this is when they were originally going to release this just as like a standalone song on Sub Pop. And, and Jurgensen and Barker got involved in it. And uh, you can definitely hear the difference because you hear... You know, it, it starts out with the sound bites from Apocalypse Now, and, and you hear a lot more other shit, kind of more of the industrial metal sound that you would, you know, much more put with with Ministry. But I th I think it works, and uh, you know, there's a funny story. I think it was Beefcake the Mighty, <laughs> uh, their their bass player and their guitar player actually flew out to Chicago, uh, and were there for the. The, you know the mixing and the producing of the song and they said their best memory was Al Jurgensen crushing up a bunch of, of uh, Quaaludes and he crushed them all up and then he spelled out Fugazi and they all snorted it <laughs> which is awesome because if you know Fugazi was a straight edge band but uh, I dig it man Guar meets uh, Ministry and Brando fucking love it uh, I'll take the next song which is give me a second here uh, Vlad the Impaler. Uh, solid track, but not a standout. But I could definitely see this as a grower. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it was weird. Like, uh, again, listening to this for the first time in 30 years. And I did listen to it in its entirety twice. Um, didn't stand out like some of the others, but there was nothing about it that, like, uh, no, pass. And a lot of times, songs that hit me like that are ones that, you know, have the, the capability of later that, you know, this could be like, oh, god damn it, that's one of my favorite tracks on it. 
But as of right now, it just, you know, it's not bad, it's not great, it's just there. What do you think of Vlad the Impaler? It's a cool novelty tune, but I hate the woes. To me, I, I just hate woes in song. I, I only think the only bands that should be allowed to do it are the Misfits and on occasion, Early Police. I hate woes. <laughs> but other than that, it's a cool tune. I dig it. All right, Black and Huge is next. Yeah, um... Yes. Uh, it rocks. Uh, I don't hate it. Uh, what do you think? Uh, love it. Love it. Not not as much as our former co-host mother loves it, but uh, yeah, definitely a fun track. It was influenced by lead singer David Brocky watching an interracial porn called "Quit Come Fuck Me While My Son's Cashing His Government Check." Um, In Boston. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it, it, it's fun, and, and again, God, could you imagine, you know, if something like this was released today? And that, and that's what I love. I love in this day and age of all this fucking woke fucking bullshit. You know, it's getting to the point uh, where I, I, I watch a lot of YouTube videos, especially now that. Uh, you know, Mrs. Wadley bought me the, uh, I got the YouTube without the commercials. God damn, do I enjoy it so much more. But you see a lot of these, like, trigger warnings. And, uh, you know, and a lot of words have to be blanked out in in YouTube videos. Ha- have you noticed this trend where, like, if somebody was to say suicide, they have to blank it out? Because their video, yeah, their video will get demonetized or it'll get, you know, because a lot of people do this shit like, well, like you do, you know, you, you know, you you do very well with donations. Well, you do it a little bit differently. You have people who donate for you to do videos, but there's a lot of people who get, they make money off of how many views they get and, you know, and likes and, you know, subscriptions and shit like that. But, uh, there's all these things you can't do or say on YouTube without getting your video marked. Like, you can't say rape. You know, it'd be like you're reviewing the Nirvana song, Rape Me. You can't say that or your video will get marked. It's just fucking... Are you fucking kidding me? You know? So to hear a song called Black and Huge, you know, just talking about a big black dick and he wants some dumb white woman and shit like that, I just crack up, you know? I, I love it, you know? It's... It's, it's my sense of humor and takes me back to a time where, you know, you don't have to have trigger warnings. You know, to me, we're like, what, what the fuck's that trigger warning? Like, warning, we're going to talk about horse fucking, you know? I, I, I don't know. I don't, we, we should start doing trigger warnings on our show. Like, you know, may, maybe we would have got kicked off uh, the alternative station if we said, uh, trigger warning. This, this, uh, this uh, episode talks about analingus, yeah. <laughs> you know? I don't know, a bunch of fucking pussies out there. But, uh, yeah, Black and Huge, I think it's fun. Yeah. Rape and suicide! <laughs> yeah. Okay, oh, you just limited our audience. Yep. You got the next one, or is it me? Uh, you. Okay. Love Surgery. Um, uh, again, okay but they can do better. Uh, they got the funny clarinet uh, solo in here, which I know you hate instruments you blow into. And they originally wanted a sax solo in here, 
but I think they they couldn't afford to hire a sax guy, and some guy came from a, a local like college who played clarinet, so he played it like on a bassoon, which I, I guess is some kind of like fancy clarinet. I've heard of a bassoon, I don't know, but uh, yeah, it, it's all right, but it definitely ain't a standout track. What do you think? Yeah, this one's just whatever. Some cool doomy riffs, then some straight up rock. Hard rock riffs with Odorous pretty much singing about things he always sings about. Uh, next song is called Death Pod. Uh, what can I say that I haven't said before? Really, just remind of what I said about all these other songs. That's what I feel about Death Pod. I dig it, but come on. I mean, to me, it's just one long song. What do you think of Death Pod? I, I like it, and it reminds me of what we're going to turn rock and pod into. You know, we're going to turn Rockin' Pod into Death Pod. Or possibly Piss Pod. <laughs> yeah, Pod Fluid. I, I, I love that. I love that once again, we are going to Rockin' Pod, and we are the most dangerous podcast there. You know? there. I mean, a lot of, lot of people we know and love are going to be there in shows that we know and love. But who is more dangerous than you and me? Who is more... You know, what's the odds of who's going to offend somebody or, or fucking be more entertaining or, you know, I, I just think back to, what was it, like uh, two rocking pods ago, you know, when you and me got on stage and did You Can't Kill Rock and Roll, we did our live show and it was standing room fucking only, we got to interview fucking Greg Bissonette, you know what I mean? It's like, and none, we just take... None, none of it's planned. You know, we don't sit yeah. here, oh, this is what we're going to do, Ian. It's all spontaneous. Oh, we, yeah. We don't plan shit like, oh, hey, why don't we put on a Bluetooth and play annoying music while we walk into the parking <laughs> lot? We don't plan shit. We just wing it, and we're always the hit or, you know, the, the disgrace of the place. But either yeah. way, we are the, dude, it's been voted. It's official. It's not us be, beating our chest. People voted. We are the podcast kings. We are <laughs> and, and, officially the podcast kings. And think about it. Think back to the very first Rockin' Pod that was at this little, like, fucking... Like in this a little, little record store, right? Yeah, this little strip mall. You and me got on the stage and fucking chased half the fucking motherfuckers yeah. out of there. People were disgusted yeah. leaving and shit. Oh my god. I'm breaking Sammy Hagar records and throwing them everywhere. I mean, that's rock and roll, dude. That's rock and roll. Uh, and that's what we're going to do again. I know we're getting off topic on this song, but I just like to point it out that still, all these years later, you and me are the most fucking rock and roll and fucking dangerous show out there. And I love Death Pot. You know, I, I, I think it's a, it's a killer, solid track. In my opinion, it should end the album. Uh, this one was written about a lot of people in the band like to play uh, like war games and shit, like weird like role-playing games. And the Death Pod was was a vehicle in one of the games that they played, and they and they wrote this song. But like Death Pod. You know, that's what we should be. Pod fluid, death pod, whatever, offend you pod, trigger pod, you know, trigger pod, please. You know, fuck everybody, man. Rock and Metal Combat Podcast is what it's all about. How about, how about trigger pot pie? 
<laughs> oh god i'll tell you what we we need to check uh i'll probably get this email or if i if, or if i could. we usually get it before the show i'll have to see what the uh what the placement is oh my god do i hope we're next to fucking uh free form yeah and we'll just have to we'll have to tell fucking chuck charles mansion uh, you know, wear, wear a fucking uh, rain slicker. Uh, I, you know, look, he may be part of the show, but I don't think he's going to be part of Mark's interviews. I don't, I don't think he's going to go near that table. <laughs> unless, like, unless he's going to piss on a Bluetooth. <laughs> that would be fun. I bet you if we asked Chuck real nice, he would just piss on, on Mark Winslow in a fucking interview. That'd be great. Be like, if you really love us, Chuck, come on. It's not yeah, yeah. If you want to keep being allowed to put Oasis videos on her Facebook page, yeah. <laughs> you're gonna piss on Mark in the middle of a show on his Bluetooth. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? The, the hottest is I've already got Mark's wife agreeing to piss on him during an interview. You know, and you know. I, 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 <laughs> I know a lot of listeners of this show don't understand female anatomy, but that'll be a lot more interesting uh, to watch that. Dude, somehow, uh, can you put this in the title? Like, pissing on Mark Allen Taylor. <laughs> can you put that in the title? Because, seriously, it really belongs on the title. <laughs> I I will try to figure it out so we don't get canceled. I'll, I'll try to figure out a polite way to put <laughs> how about How about just put whizzing? I'm yeah. Killer. There you go. There you go. I I will figure it out. Trust me. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll take the next song. Boy, we veered off there. Uh, Sexecutioner. Uh, this is the only song on the album that uh, the vocals are done by the Sexecutioner, who you know from the live show. If you're a fan of this band, um, not my favorite. Uh, and I know it's kind of a fan favorite, but not my favorite. But it probably has a lot to do with the executioner being French. And you know, I just ain't down with that shit. You know, if I saw this live at a show, I'd probably piss on the executioner. You know, but he, you know, he's French. He'd like that. But uh, not a big fan of this song. What do you think? Yeah, whatever. Executioner sings it. Not bad, except for the walls. I already told you. Only miss it. Yeah. That's his cool place to park. Uh, honestly, I'll be honest, man. I'm bored at this point listening to this. Mentally, I can't grasp this tune. Yeah, Beefcake the Mighty uh, sings it, but eh, I don't care for it. I'm kind of like, like really bored by this point. Like, yeah, what you were saying earlier, cut off two tunes from this. And it was Death Pod already, you know? Yeah. That's what I think of this one. All right, well... uh I'm kind of in agreement with you. Um, not bad. Originally, this was on the CD-only version of this album. Um, and I like the song. It's not bad, but to me, it kind of sticks out like a sore thumb. I mean, it, it seems like a bonus track. It doesn't seem like the logical way to end the album. And, you know, if they were an included... You know, I would see mixing up a little bit. Like, Death Pod would be a good ending. And as a matter of fact, they did uh, re-release this for the 30th anniversary. They did a, a remix and a remastered version 
and the songs are in different order. And I checked it out. It sounded good. Um, you know, it's definitely not like, uh, you know, like that redone so far. So good. So what by Megadeth? That's actually, you know, like sounds like a different album and it's horrible. It just sounds brighter. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, the song, the song placement's different. But yet, I thought it was still weird that they still ended it with uh, "Cool Place to Park." And they moved uh, Death Pot up to the last song before it. I, I still think they should have put this in the middle if they're going to include it. I do love Beefcake the Mighty. Uh, he's the guy that, that does do this. He, you know, he came back to the band. He is now the singer in place of Odorous. Um, you know, he sings on one of my favorite fucking Guar songs, Road Behind, off the next album. Uh, but yeah, it just seems like an odd way to end the album. It, it should have ended with an erodi, uh, odorous Urungus song. But anyway, that is our review of this album. I was surprised to learn that this is the uh, biggest selling Guar album. I would have thought it was America Must Be Destroyed, but no, it was this one by probably about 10,000 albums. It was released January 8th, 1990. Produced by Ron Gouldie and one song produced by Harpo Luxa and Hermes Pan. Uh, I gotta say, I did really enjoy listening to this and it made me want to check out more Guar. Uh, I can't tell you why I walked away, but it makes me want to walk back and check out some other stuff. I really enjoyed that uh, documentary that came out last year. Uh, very, very good job. Um, but uh, who knows? Ralph says he likes some of the other albums way more than this, so that really makes me want to go check them out. Uh, so yeah, that's what I think. What do you think, Ralph? Yeah, definitely Toilet Earth and Rosnagar or whatever the fuck. The one that followed that one? Uh, Ragnarok. Yeah, that's some good stuff, man. I actually really enjoyed both those albums. And I want to thank my friend Jackson Routing, who got it for me on vinyl, which is super nice of him. And, uh, Cool dude. You know what he also got me, man, for my birthday? Mantis from Venom, man. What's that? On Cameo. Oh, nice. Mantis nice. did this whole oh, thing. Oh, wow. Yeah, he, he did this whole thing for me where he even played some um some some Venom riffs. But then, you know, he even said, Schmack him a gob. And then he walks out of his house. This video is pretty long. He walks out of his house and he's showing yeah. off all the cats he saves. Like, he, he's one of those cat rescue people. Has like a thousand cats, uh, you know, in, in, in the houses outside and shit. Super cool dude, and super cool dude, uh, uh, Jackson Rodding for for hooking me up with a cameo from Mantis from Venom. I really loved it, man, and uh, and I love these gore albums he sent me. They're fucking awesome. And he's trying to get uh, what do you call uh, Slazy P Martini. So let's hope that happens, cause I'm gonna hook it up for the podcast, not my YouTube channel. Nice. Yeah, you know, I, I got offered to do a cameo for Mark Allen Taylor, but uh, he wouldn't pay me enough to piss on my phone because then I'd have to buy a new one. <laughs> True story. All right, we'll sing the song because it's time to go into Pick of the Week. It's the only time. This is a long version, by the way. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's right. the only time that it's okay to say, to say. Ian Wadley, 
before his coattail amigo Dr. Fuck. Pick of the week! Alright, well my pick of the week, I am going to uh, I'm going to stick with Guar. And I'm gonna go with the album that turned me on to them, America Must Be Destroyed. Uh, I love this one. It has uh, Have You Seen Me, Rock and Roll Never Felt So Good, Road Behind, uh, you know, Ham on Bone, Pussy Planet. Uh, to me, there's some great shit on this. And I'm also gonna throw in there uh, the video. Uh, God damn it, what was it called? A Phallus in Wonderland. I think you can still get it on DVD. I would love to see these get bumped up to Blu-ray. Uh, but to me, that's a one-two punch. If you're going to have America, uh, America Must Be Destroyed, you got to have Phallus in Wonderland, too. Because I think it really adds to it. You know, you know, you listen to it, and you see the videos, and you see everything they do. Uh, man, it's amazing. I think the last time I checked, if you go on Amazon, they do have, like, some kind of uh, bundle where you get like three uh, Guar DVDs uh, and I've never seen the other ones but I'm sure they're just as funny as entertaining but I, I think it's a good gateway into this band and again I, I think the metal on this sounds better than a lot of the other shit we reviewed on this show especially the fan episodes so I would say give it a day in court man you know check it out uh, even if it's just for laughs or if you just like the music you know like much like Steel Panther better than a lot of bands that are fucking serious so uh, America Must Be Destroyed in Palace and Wonderland those are my picks of the week what you got Ralph I'm gonna go way back to 1976 with an amazing album called Give Us a Wink by Sweet <clears throat> Not the sweet. Nice. Sweet. Great yep. fucking, you know, glam from the 70s and real glam. Not that, that shit that happened in the 80s. Real true glam, like, you know, David Bowie and, you know, Mata Hoople and all that shit. Well, the sweet for me was, they were fucking amazing, you know, when, when they started writing their own shit. You know, before that, they were a little too right. bubblegummy, but man. Cockroach, that song rules, the lies in your eyes. That the hit on here is action, which is a great tune. A million people covered that one. Um, Healer, White Mice, Yesterday's Rain, uh, Fourth of July. Love it. Give us a wink by the sweet is my pick of the week. All right, well, I'll check that. I know I have a digital copy of that, but I don't believe I've listened to it, so I will check that out. All right, well, now it's time to go to Fan of the Week, and Fan of the Week this week is Brian Seifert. And he wrote me, and he said, hey, you know, he's one of those, he actually listened. Uh, he was one of the ones I had a name for, but not an album, and he wrote me on Facebook Messenger and said, hey, this is what I want, said, I know they're, like, considered a joke band, but I love this fucking album. And I gotta say, hey, fucking A, at least you picked an album that I didn't hate. It's so funny that, you know, the first time around when we were doing these, you know, there was a lot Ralph didn't like. And I was like, oh, I'm A-okay. And man, this time it's been reversed. <laughs> Ralph's liked a lot of them. Even though it's probably stuff Ralph wouldn't pick, but it's stuff, you know, Ralph liked a lot. 
and I couldn't stand, but I did not mind reviewing this one whatsoever, and uh, was a pleasant surprise. And I thank you for your donation. I thank you for your patience. And again, we're just we're nailing down these fan episodes, and then it's going to be the rebirth of Pod Fluid. <laughs> yeah. So I want to thank you, Brian, for contributing. Uh, you know, I was looking at his um, Facebook page and not very active, and I see it as, you know, we've had a lot of people who have, you know, joined Facebook just because of us, you know, so they can interact and stuff like that. And boy, is that the ultimate, uh, you know, compliment that you would join the hell that is Facebook, uh, you know, just to interact with us and to keep up with what's going on in the show. And I always appreciate that. And uh, again, thank you so much, Brian. Hope you enjoyed this episode. And I, I think we did another great one with an incredible news segment. So I, yeah, I think we've been on... The highlight of future shows. Yeah, I, I think we have been on a fucking roll lately. I, I know I've really been enjoying the shows, and we've been having a lot of fun. And we are just getting there, and once we break free of this, and, and once you see where Ralph and I are going to go with the show, I think everybody's going to be very fucking happy. Yeah, just hang tight, man. You all love the news. If you don't want to hear our reviews, so be it. But in the future, you're going to get all news 24-7. And it's going to be... Well, not 24-7. What am I talking about? You're just going to get all news on our show. And our show is going to be badass. It's going to be way better than how it has been. Even though, you know, they're good. They're still amazing. Look, let me put it this way. We're still the best podcast ever. And there's no shows better than the ones we do, even for these crappy albums. But man, we're gonna take it to another stratosphere once we get the fuck out of fan episode shit. Yeah, and just wait till you see the videos of us pissing on Mark Allen Taylor. That, that that's that's gonna go viral on his Bluetooth <laughs> in his mouth. Uh, well, if you enjoyed this, come back next week the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Yeah.